Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League episode 210. It is a banger episode because there's been so much stuff happening in LCS lately. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but uh, wow, TSM is uh, struggling. Uh, they're officially the worst team in the league, and there's a lot to talk about around that stuff. Uh, and, and some other things as well. In fact, I actually have a statement from somebody about something else that happened this weekend, and we'll see oh how uncomfortable God. Mark gets when we're talking about it because it concerns the broadcast anyway uh i want to shout out alienware and grubhub for sponsoring the show first off let me introduce my constant co-host mark zimmerman how's it going mark uh i'm good it's been a, a fun week it was lcs super week i watched a lot of tv shows i finished both seasons of love is blind euphoria season finale happened um pam and tommy's ramping up getting close to the end pam and tommy's sick uh elden ring came out I was going to, you were screaming up. about, uh, you told me beforehand you were unhappy about Elden Ring. No, no, that. I'm angry because of Elden Ring, but not because in a, in a bad way. Every time FromSoft releases one of their games, the FromSoft fans, of which I am one, go like, this is the best game ever made. And they overhype it a little bit. And then people come in who don't understand what FromSoft games are like, and they get their ass kicked by them. And they go, this game's too fucking hard. I hate it. It should have an easy mode. And then the fucking FromSoft fans go, get good, idiots. And then, like, you get this just horrible discourse about the game every time. Every time there's a FromSoft game, you're like, can we just talk about, like, how fucking sick some of the characters look? And, like, when you fight that fucking dragon in the swamp and it burns the whole swamp down, you know, like, that was sick. But no. I Every time, same thing. have the game because I received a copy of it from the publisher. Uh, and I have not started it because... Um, oh, you're saying spoilers? No, it's literally nothing is spoiled. Like, it was. This in is, the by the way, I would believe he's. I apologize. It's in folks, the trailer for the game. Mark that there's a swamp spoils dragon that breathes fire all the time, and uh, they're fucking with me because they know you. You get on my case about it. People are saying actual spoilers. No, um, it's not an actual spoiler. All right. The, the company themselves released it. Hey, guess what? The game's called fucking Elden Ring. Did I spoil that one for you too, people? Huh? All right. Let's let's I get some good. I didn't know that was the name. Let's get some good vibes going. <laughs> uh, LS is here. LS, welcome to the show. I think the last time you on, you were on, it was like during Worlds or something. And I just yep. wanted to check in with you. What have you been up to these past three months? Have you just been chilling since Worlds? Have you just been hanging out? <laughs> What's been going on with you, man? I just, I haven't been, we haven't caught up in a long time. I'd love to know if you've been up to anything. Uh, you know, not, not too much quick vacation. I was actually in LA for about three weeks. Oh, actually. that's sick. You know, like, and now I'm back in Korea. Yeah, did, definitely. Did you get to relax while you were out here? <laughs> Disneyland or yeah. Universal or anything? Go to the beach? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, maybe McDonald's is, uh, <laughs> was my last visit. I'm not, I'm not, okay. I'm not totally sure. But... So you took a piece of America home with you in your stomach. <laughs> Keeping it kind of low key. I see. Uh, well, it's good to have you on the show. Um, so, I you when did you get back to Korea? It's been about a week. Um, so no, not even a week yet. Uh, uh, six days ago, almost almost a week. Gotcha. Okay, six days ago. Uh, settling, settling back in. I hope. Um, I'm sure, mm -hmm. sure things were getting kind of wild. I saw your post about how people were uh, helping you out. Uh, Hotshot, I think, gave you a place to stay, and then yep. uh, Joe, Joe helped you get back to Korea, which was pretty cool. Um, yep, yep. So, uh, 
let me just ask you, because I want to set the tone for tonight. Mark is going to have to pull collar soon. I assume you are not able to talk about anything that you haven't talked about on stream already. So we shouldn't pull a collar that's like, I would like a detailed minute-by-minute -minute breakdown of everything Bachelor that LS had. from LS, everything that happened at Cloud9, <laughs> revealed well, here. Right? Yeah, yeah. You so know? so what, what are you... What are you capable of, of talking about? What kind of calls are we even able to to pull around this stuff? Because obviously there's a ton of other shit to talk about in the show. I don't think it's a waste to have you on by any means if you can't talk about yeah. stuff that's going on. I, I understand you're, you've got some lawyers that are, are figuring stuff out for you, but I just wanted to ask, yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't talk about anything that I haven't already talked about on stream, which I talked about two days ago. Okay. Uh, as the like, most recent thing. Um. But, I mean, that doesn't prohibit me from talking at all about certain things, right? It's just that, like, people wanted statements about a very particular aspect of C9, and I can't talk on that. Sure. But, like, if we are like, hey, you watched the Cloud9 games, did you think this about yeah. that game? Like, that kind of stuff, drafts, whatnot, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Cool, oh, cool. we got the noise spike again. Okay, we gotta figure this out. I'm sorry, we'll figure this out next time. It sounds like it's never happening going into the VOD, so it's... A weird Twitch yeah. issue. I apologize, folks. Um, okay. So, uh, that's we've, those are the kind of ground rules for folks uh, who are going to be calling in to talk about this stuff. Um, but other than that, did you watch the games this weekend, Alice, or did you not get a chance to yet? Uh, yeah, I, wa I watched some of them. No, I didn't watch Friday. every single LCS game. Well, I watched all the games Friday, yeah. I watched okay, all the cool. games Friday, um, but I didn't get a chance to watch every single game. Uh of the other day yesterday i was standing in like the korean lines to get the the covid testing for eight hours got turned away mm. three times and then today i was doing it again for four hours and I actually just got back which is why i have the hand warmer jesus Did god you... we almost had you push on us again <laughs> i i made it <laughs> that, that would have been that would have been wild okay um glad you made on, it here. on the the games did you watch the el asico CLG versus TSM. Oh, yeah. yeah from I mean, Saturday? Uh, I just want to make sure, because I so assume... I, I thought TSM would be a, a talking point from today in, in general, right? So, because I, I, I actually almost turned on my stream yesterday when all, like, the, the TSM Doom stuff is going on. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that they actually are doomed when you consider that even if imports exist that could, in theory, get them two playoffs or, or like it, free agents are available right that in theory they could probably pick up and it actually probably would just be enough to get them in right? and i'm saying this off of like reggie's statement that he would just sign the best talent they can't even get them into the fucking country to play because of visa processing times so i think it's actually just impossible i think i think they're just fucked i love the idea that yesterday you know, like you said you almost turned your stream on whenever everything was saying when people are talking about how doomed tsm was i love the idea that everybody would be saying TSM is doomed, and then you're like, don't worry, guys, I'm turning on my stream. And then you're like, they are doomed, by the way. It's completely, <laughs> completely doomed. Just lead into it. Uh <laughs> I don't know, man. Where's, you get Ignar, Sven Skarin, Jensen, Doublelift. Who's the top laner? Solo? Who's a free agent top laner? Oh, you're, you're, you're trying to dig. Yeah, I yeah, mean, this is, this is that we no, sold you do, the house. You do get solo. Who's, who's dividing up Reggie's belongings, you know? You, I think you do get solo. Solo, solo or Lorlo, yeah. That, that makes sense. Back. Um, yeah. Divide up Reggie's belongings between the five of them. Okay, so we will talk I about mean, that. 
Yeah. Um, we have what else to talk about this weekend? Uh, EG kind of coming back, coming back to life, starting to come back to life. Uh, we can we Fly can just... quest kind of going back stuck. to dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, CLG won two games. Golden Guardians won three games. Uh, yeah. EG went two and one as well. Immortals went three zero. Um, no, they lost to Golden Guardians on the last day. Oh, right, right, two, two and one. So, like, a bunch of the bottom teams went two and one and yeah. kind of, like, rallied a little and bit. And some of the top teams had a, had a tough time, uh, too. I think you mentioned 100T one and two. Yeah. 100 Thieves and FlyQuest both dropped some games. Yeah, and 100 Thieves' only win was against TSM, which is the worst team in the league. So, um, rough. Okay. Uh, the Hotline League exclusive that I have, or I don't, I guess I shouldn't say this is exclusive because maybe they gave the statement to somebody else, but I asked for a statement around it and I got one. So, the pause on uh, Friday. Ellis, were you co streaming still throughout all the pauses and all the. Uh, the no, like, I, the, I, the I stopped. Apparently, th that pause was super long. Uh, yes. What happened? Okay. Yep. So, I will tell you what happened. I have received an official statement from the general manager of CLG. And here's what happened. Uh, when the game first loaded, multiple players noticed something was a bit off, but figured that it would go away, which is why a minute or so into the game, there was a pause when things did not return to normal and for some got worse. This was like packet loss, general latency, and inputs affected four out of the five players. The League mm -hmm. Ops team made some adjustments on the back end, and while it was more playable, the players noted it wasn't quite 100%. And the second pause, which was the rise interaction shown on broadcast, was pretty much as they explained it and was just an unfortunate fumble on CLG's part. So they're not trying to dispute the rise thing. The next set of pauses were nagging latency and connectivity issues on Luger's PC, which were not resolved, which is why they had a pretty rapid fire set of pauses there. Overall, right. it's a pretty frustrating experience. So when we were backstage and saw EG walking the stage, we asked what side they were, and when we realized they were blue side as well, we warned them to the tech issues we had experienced and that they should for sure flag it with officials, which I believe led to them escalating the conversation enough for the game, even starting uh, uh, leading to a postponed match. The game just led to this postponed match. Given Riot's rationale on why EG fly match was postponed, citing a concern around the potential competitive integrity of the match, we made a request for league officials to look into our match to see if the competitive integrity of their match was maintained in spite of the technical issues. So basically, like, the big question is just, okay, if, the, if CLG had to play with these connectivity issues and it wasn't postponed, but then EG goes on stage and they're like, oh, these connectivity issues are too bad, we're going to have to postpone this match. It's kind of like, well, why is it that like CLG was in the same environment but had to continue to play the match, but um, uh, EG did not? So I thought this was very interesting. And I think if anybody is listening to this and has a call or a take or something that they want to talk about with regards to the competitive integrity, it's a very tough situation, right? Because like, I don't know if in what, isn't it, what, Mark, did you guys figure out if it was LCS official or uh, history that a match had been postponed? Uh, I never got follow-up, but I also never got corrected, so I'm going to go with that being correct. Yes. Um, they've postponed tiebreakers before, and there's been, like, whole weeks postponed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like Yeah, I mean, COVID, obviously might, for might, COVID stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I think we might have lost a week for COVID. Yes. Um, 
But like we never had a single game just randomly get postponed as far as I'm aware. So it would have also been wild if in the middle of the game they had just been like, yeah, we can't fix this. Uh, come back tomorrow and we'll... I don't know what they would even do in that moment. Chrono break back to that moment or just completely... I, I doubt you game? could do that because I, I think the ser- the data would die. Yeah, yeah. I assume so. The server. It's... Seemingly, I have already thought Chrono Break was kind of like scotch tape together, you know, and so it's hard yeah, to imagine. Every like, time they Chrono Break, they say we're going to attempt a Chrono Break, and I'm like, yes. that makes it sound like there's a chance it can't happen yes. sometimes. And I do like, not. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How does this shit work? Yeah, I assume they just kind of like try to paint, you know, tape it all back together on the back end uh, to make it work. Um, so I agree with you that they probably wouldn't. But very um, interesting conversation to be had. I think because it's uh, CLG Immortals. The conversation will be way lower than if this was, for instance, TSMC9 or Team Liquid or something. Um, but a very interesting conversation there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of wild. So I thank CLG for the statement. And I guess we can we can uh, bring in any callers who have any opinions on that stuff if you feel like it needs to be redone or, or something. Um, I say, yeah. to make a horrible analogy, that okay. I think will fall apart upon instant inspection, but I'm going to make it to defend the LCS org for no reason. It's like in a f- baseball game, you know, and you're playing back to back and it's raining a little bit and, and you, you get through the first game, but then the second one has to get rain delayed because the fields got too wet. So you can't, um, see, so, so that's why one of them gets delayed and the other one doesn't. Okay. It, so, that, other so things to talk about. Uh, there's a thread right now at the top of the league subreddit about how LCS viewership is down 45% uh, year over year from spring last year to spring this year. I'm sure LS yep. has a guess as to why. Um, and then summer is also down, or it's down 37% compared to summer of last year. Um, so pretty, pretty big conversation to be had there. Uh, TSM, just to fill in anybody who's missed this, they are two games away uh, behind in last place now because CLG won, um, and they're officially in last place after the CLG match. Uh, they've also had a confluence of folks all leaving this weekend. The, the latest person to leave the organization was Andrew, who was their director of video, or actually director of TSM Legends. It's been around for a long, long time, six years. Um, so there's just a lot of conversation happening there. I did a video on my on randomly yesterday just talking about how I've been frustrated about the speaker tweet because i feel like a lot of people have been on the shenny hype train because they've watched some champions q videos and have decided that speak is the great betrayer and enemy of uh humanity so yeah there's a lot to talk about on the show i think we should dive in all right mm-hmm. you want me to start looking for callers while you guys i'm down yeah all right we have a ton of people so i'm going to skip the whole spiel and just start pulling people while you two mm-hmm. fill in for me okay uh, let's fill in. LS, are you going to play Elden Ring? Uh, no. Do you no. only play Wait, League of Legends? Played, have you played any FromSoft, Dark Souls, Soulsborne type games before? No, I, I only play League of Legends. <laughs> You're <What>? disgusting. Uh, <laughs> Mark, this is, <clears throat> this is not you pulling. I think that was, uh, about my sexuality. You need to play, you know what you, <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, what about Genshin Impact, huh? What about all these beautiful nah, games that have come out? No, I don't think they're beautiful. You know, <laughs> Le- you find League beautiful, okay? 
LS is one of those people who can he he can just see beauty in anything, even in League of Legends. He can he can see beauty in it. <laughs> even in Nidalee's triangle feet, he's like, God, those those polygons so. Uh, well, let me ask. Okay, let me ask you a, a personal question, LS, around the around the stuff. Yeah. Setting aside like what happened, how yeah. exhausting is it when this stuff happens? Because obviously you've got all these people reaching out, all these people messaging. It becomes a huge conversation in the, the industry. I know obviously you probably experienced yeah. some of the stuff with the T1 stuff. I am much smaller than you as a influencer in the space or a creator or whatever. And yet whenever some drama swirls in my direction, I'm just like, get me away from all of this. It is so exhausting. So how have you been holding up over the past like couple weeks or I guess week? Um, I would say... I think at first I didn't really feel anything from all the messages, um, but they still keep coming in. It, it, like, so I, I don't know. It, um, I guess I, I have experience do dealing with it, though, from, from the past. So I right. guess I'm not too totally surprised by it. Um, but one of the things that's probably also been helping is I've been having to do, like, uh, career side stuff yesterday and even today. Yeah. Um. So I've had, I've been back six days, and of those six days, three of them were occupied with like IRL stuff, where I'm just not actively using the phone or yeah. other stuff. So it's it's, it's so okay. easy to spiral in these moments where you like there's Reddit threads about it and Twitter threads, and you're just like refreshing and like doom scrolling into your own right stuff, and it's just like I've definitely been there, and so I I'm happy for you that you've had like things that you actually have to do in Korea, even if it's goes going and standing in a line yep. because otherwise it's just so easy to just get stuck uh and feel yep. like shit. Um, yeah. How are we oh Mark is off grabbing our first caller. So we should All have somebody right, in a second. Portillo, thank you for the nine months. Fanboy HS, Shiny Froki, four years. Four years. Danny Grimm, two years, twenty four months. Uh unselfish, uh Kethius, Seanatonin, and uh, I think I got Wait, can I grab my coffee? Caller? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Go for All it. All right, one sec. Yeah. We'll just chill for a second. Uh, so we have was... Rance in the call who's now going to just hang out while... <laughs> yes. Rance, where are you calling from? Uh, Kyle, Texas, just south of Austin. Nice. I'm going to Austin uh, for a wedding in uh, about 45 days. I mean, it's actually the week before LCS finals, and I'm just going to stick around in Texas during that time. Okay. So. Okay, yeah, that's it. awesome. Uh, yes. Where's my earphones? All right, my Alice is almost back, and... Rance, what is your take or what do you want to talk about on the show? Okay, so it's kind of interesting because I wanted to have this take for a couple of weeks, but I usually don't get to come live. But uh, I think that this is just speculation uh, that a lot of the reason why uh, LS was eventually released from Cloud9 has to do with uh, drafting, just from some of the stuff that Fudge and others have said. Uh, basically what I saw, and I'm just a fan, uh, but... Ellis's drafting was pretty similar to how he drafted on stream uh, or would, you know, say which picture better uh, than what the team was picking, uh, which would not always fall into, you know, we practiced this all week. And so now we're going to play it, but rather we're going to kind of have a plan, but then loosely go on it based on what the other team is picking. And so it seemed like the players and staff might have liked uh, to be actually practice, practicing for something all week. And so I think that... Mark. Is this what the, the call, what the take was? Well, he's phrasing it in a, 
very different sounding way than how he wrote it. Okay, well, this is this is. Hold on, let me read the take that you wrote because I felt like this would be a good take. C nine will make okay. worlds because of player diff, but will not make it past quarters without LS drafting. It's. Okay, okay. I thought this was a positive LS take, and then everything you said since you've come on has sounded I mean, very honestly, bad. Honestly, I'm getting Trojan horse here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting Trojan <laughs> I'm horse. Yeah, listen, listen, listen to that first sentence. C9 right. will make worlds because player diff, but will not make it past quarters without LS drafting. And then he comes in here and he's like, LS got, you know, let go because a player, like, this no, no, no. Session. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we were hyping okay. LS's drafting up here. What the fuck well, I actually, happening? I actually think that the way LS was doing it was better. And the reason why is because uh, if LS had stayed and the drafting continued like I suppose it was, which may not be right, uh, it would have uh, exposed the players to a lot of various picks and made them really kind of versatile and moldable. Uh, and so that, you know, kind of no matter the situation, uh, they would be kind of ready to play whatever. And I think the more times you do that over the course of the whole year, uh, you would eventually create this huge, you know, plethora of champion pool and just experience that the players could then use rather than just, we're going to practice this one thing this week and play it. Uh, and, you know, that continuing on. And so my take was, I think that, if they had kept LS, they would have uh, made it farther in Worlds. But I think they're still going to make it to Worlds because the players are just really good. But I believe that uh, they would have made it farther if LS had stayed. That's kind of it. So so this is, a, I think, an inner... Uh, well, now that we've gotten through all of it, let's yeah, let's uh, let's bring it to, to LS in, in this specific way, which is like, LS, okay, so since your departure, I have thought you very graciously have been very positive about the players and the coaching staff and uh, saying Max is going to be able to, to do all this stuff. Um, and obviously this past weekend we saw they went 3-0, right? 3-0? I'm not crazy? Yeah. They went um, yep. So, uh, but even though the team is continuing to do well, I have seen a lot of folks who have been saying like, well, like the LS diff was in the draft and in the interactivity. So yeah, maybe C9 will do really well domestically. Maybe they could even win. But then, like, the, the lack of draft capabilities is where they're going to fall off internationally. So let's just have you separate yourself from yourself for this moment and look as the co-streamer analyst on the outside of this, looking at the players, looking at the draft capabilities. What, you know, yep. what do you think uh, these, these five guys are capable of doing when it, it goes internationally um, without perhaps, like, the, the unique, dra unique drafts that you were able to bring to the table? Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, t t uh, I mean, I guess I can say two things. One, I do think they they win spring, uh, regardless of if I'm there or not. Which is actually it. It cycles back to like my initial goals when I joined C9 that I know Mark uh, even like addressed at one point in the past, where I said win spring, win summer, because I looked at it like if these players are here and we don't win spring, don't win summer, there's a really big fucking problem. Um. Because I said before Berserker arrived, he would arrive as best ADC in the league. Um, because I thought Berserker was one of the best players in the world. But he's he's hidden behind Gumiyushi Teddy. Um, I thought Summit would instantly arrive in LCS. Because the only thing gating Summit in LCK is like players like Keen. Um, and Khan. Or Nuggery, right? Which are, are no slouches at all. So... You know, when when you couple this with Blabber, you couple it with like Fudge, who Fudge I, I think is one of the best Western players, which is why I was so confident he can just go from top to mid because his fundamentals and the way that he approaches the game, the way he looks at the game. So the roster is so stacked that if you don't win spring, you don't win summer. You you are fucking up. 
So I so to answer the question, they will win spring. I I, I mean I, I have full confidence in that. But more reason I have confidence in that um, is because I've been a fly on the wall in so many different teams and orgs. Um, and I think that like Sam and Max and and others that they have there, um, normally what happens to teams week four, five, six, seven, eight, etc. They'll start imploding. They'll start having disagreements. They'll start having like other issues start propping up. And I think that when you when you have people um, that are really good at not only just like being the gatekeeper to problems, but also the glue, um, then it gets really good. Uh, but when it does come to international competition, well, now they are going up against. Uh, they are going up against skill wise you know similar individuals uh one of the players that held them back you mentioned even in in lck right yeah yeah so um when it when it comes to that i mean i have the firm belief that if you just try to play against china and korea at their own game you're you will lose um I mean, there's other things that I, I've been very vocal about over years on stream, so it's not like a secret. I'm not divulging anything. Um, but, like, I, I'm of the firm belief that, like, if, you know, Team A and Team B both opt into S-tier picks, um, you know, maybe Team B only has a 30% chance to win. Um, and obviously I'm likening this to uh, EU versus Korea, NA versus Korea, whatever it worlds. But if EU or NA says, you know what, actually, I'm going to take a C-tier pick, but I'm very practiced on it, and Korea doesn't know what the fuck's going on, then you drag them into your world, and the the element of, like, surprise, but also just the perception of the alternate ways to go about the game can actually pull the rug out from under them, and you have a higher chance to win. Um, and this is just like metagaming in card games, where everyone shows up to, like, the Magic the Gathering World Championship or the Hearthstone event, and you know, 14 out of the 16 players are all playing the same decks, and then you have that one guy that just designed a deck, or he designed several decks, to specifically target that meta, specifically target their habits. And this isn't, like, a secret. This is just a fucking, it's a known thing. But I've been, I've been across so many different games, right? I've been in six different uh, pro-game genres. Um, so it's like... For league players, they're only trying to solve stuff operating within league. Maybe this is like different, but for me, it's just like normal. This is what, how you go about it. Um, TLDR, I do think that if they don't opt into uh, creative drafts, that yes, they're disadvantaged versus Korea and China at Worlds, even with the roster they have now, which is sad. Mark, Mark I'll be right back. I have to answer the door. Cool. I got two follow-ups anyway. So one, on the point yep. about like Hearthstone and those kinds of games, you always have like the people who have like the weird tech cards. So like even if you're not throwing out a deck completely, if people know they're gonna be playing a matchup that like you generically build the deck one way, but you know you're playing a specific mm -hmm. matchup, you'll take out a couple cards and tech it in. I think that's a great comparison mm -hmm. for like when MF countered Zyra randomly, it's like, okay, you don't need to like change your whole fucking game plan. But if you have some cheese you right. can throw at them, which they found in the middle of the week that beat Zyra. You know, it really yeah. fucked up that game plan. So, like, I, I totally agree with that about, like, definitely have a cheeser pick to, like, try and throw them off their game plan. Um, yeah. With that in mind, based off what you've seen from the drafts from C9 so far, one of the concerns in the community that Travis was talking about was, like, oh, they're just going to revert to standard. Do you still see some of, like, the things that you're looking for in their drafts, or have they started to, like, go too far back to normal in your mind? Because I don't think there's been anything... I'd have to look again. I'm not sure they did anything too crazy in this weekend. Um, I mean, even even the drafts with me weren't uh 
I like I'll, I'll steal a poker term, right? Um, I'll steal a poker term. Uh, game theory optimal. I don't think like the drafts with me were the best way that you could go about drafting, right? I think that it would take a lot of time to get to that point, um, to where you really are doing a lot of craziness. But e even in that stance, I think it was still good. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, how the drafts are right now like they, they did have that that one draft uh i think it was the last game yesterday hold on let me just look it up with the flight quest one where they they went jace corky for the last two c9 ver yes but so the the fly quest one's really interesting because what happens is, is fly quest asphyxiate themselves on r4 and when when they pick the graves on r4 they open themselves up to the corky jace pivot but if mm -hmm. they don't pick graves then they don't open themselves up to the corky jace pivot um so this is another thing, right? Because LPL, LCK teams, LCS teams, I mean, they're they're not going to be thinking about stuff like this. So I do think that stuff like that will happen. And even if, uh, you know, C9 hypothetically is losing draft, you know, B1 through B3 or R1 through R3, um, I have full confidence that teams can just blunder and then they could pivot and still win. I think that's that's fine. Okay. My question is, <clears throat> you know, I don't know how things went down. I'm not here to talk about it. Yeah. Don't know if you've got mm -hmm. ill feelings. Could you, you know, they're about to play, you know, RNG, T1, something like that. Just shoot Max uh, a message with like five champion names. Uh, that would be really cool if you could just send him five champions uh, and then they win and then Fudge shouts you out again. And uh, it's all it's all done. Um, I think like I think obviously if Fudge or Max ever messaged me um about champions or I mean Fudge is still in my stream. I mean, he's been in my stream I think almost every single time I streamed this week. But like, um, I think if they specifically asked me for anything against anyone, um, I would still probably help except T one. That makes sense. Um, Are there any teams that you would try <laughs> to help against? What do you mean? <laughs> like you said, oh, if they ask for help against anyone but T1, obviously that means you value your relationship with T1. But is there any org that you hate who you're like, oh, I'm coming in for free to try and help? <laughs> you know, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll shoot like a, a dissertation C9's way because they're you're playing like, I against... hate Dignitas. I'm going to just do everything I can to get these guys to crush Dignitas. Um, no, I don't, I don't have any grudges or animosity towards any teams wow. like that. To be clear, I, I think Mark other, was mostly memeing, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel that way. I think, okay. yeah, I think, I think T1's probably the only org, uh, well, no, I know, I know T1's the only org, I just wouldn't do it. <clears throat> That's fair. Um, all right. Caller. Uh, I don't know how, obviously we veered away from your initial dissertation on, um, the reasons, but uh, what what do you think of of all this? Do you think it's a, a fair assessment? Sounds like yeah, definitely. LS mostly agrees with you in some ways. Yeah, I think so. Uh, just one really quick question, um, LS, and your time in the scene. Do you think do you think that there's too much of an emphasis on playing what teams have prepared versus playing something better? You know, just reactionary in the draft on the day at the moment. Yes. As for, okay. Cool. I, I, I think that the amount of emphasis pro players put on having to be really practiced on champions is not actually realistic um, because of the difference 
the the amount of things that could ever possibly happen in that one isolated game where the practice would come to fruition and change an event that would happen depending on the difficulty of the champion. And I mean, you hear this with, with LPL players and LCK players sometimes in interviews where they also say like, I haven't played this champion before, but I thought it was the best here. Um, and they just do that. Um, like Beryl uh, taking Sejuani because he thought that Karth, I think, I think he thought Karthus was better than in the draft. So he stole the Sejuani in the Damwon draft because he just really thought um, that Karthus was better and he didn't want Sedge Jungle. Um, and he just first-timed Sejuani's support, right? But it's because he has familiarity enough with Sejuani. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Sounding? I think yeah. so. Grants, <clears throat> thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, shout out LS. I just wanted to throw in that I think uh, my respect for you has gone on, it's always been high, but it's gone a lot higher since the change because I've seen you admit some mistakes on stream, and I think uh, that shows a lot of character and integrity, and I really appreciate that. And I you know, hope everything works out for you in the future. And thanks. Mark and Travis, thanks for thanks for all your content and everything. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Hopefully, are you <clears> going to try to go to Spring Finals, Rance? Because it's not too far from you. Uh, that would be awesome, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Right. Well, best, best of luck. Sub to Travis. Maybe we'll see you yes. there. Thanks so Thank much, Rance. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right. Mark, you want to go grab our next caller? Yes, sir. Off he goes. All right. Thank you to Unselfish for the two months, Smoke Dog, Sable Flag for 50 months. Jesus, thank you. Uh, Team Corgi Mid and Dory Forrest. Uh, Dory Forrest? I think that's how you say it. Thank you, everybody, who's subbing. Yes, you're still subbed, LS. You already I show was up just checking, guys. I'm trying to get you. People insta-gift you. Know? you. It's great. Little Bonaparte, thank I you know. for the uh, <laughs> five gifted subs. There we go. No, it's been it's been good. We've had some all the drama in the LCS lately has been pumping the Hotline League numbers. That's for sure. Um, it's it's very funny to see how much people come out for the show live whenever uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. All right, Mo is here. Mo, where are you calling from? The 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 other base CEO, Gengar Nold, is here. Oh, nice. Genji CEO. Nice. Wonderful. He just subbed to you. We love, we love, uh, based CEOs. Mo, can you, are you, are you here? Can you hear us? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Where are you calling yeah, from? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Another Texas person. Are you going to come oh, to spring yeah. finals? Yeah. hundred percent. Hopefully they don't cancel it, but yeah, nice. I'll, I'll be there. Yes. Well, we're, this is, it's early days. I can't promise anything. I haven't even talked to Mark much about this, but we're hoping to do a live hotline league. Uh, oh, yeah, we're I went doing to the one on. Uh, I went to the one in uh, Rip Rivals. It was dope. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, what we're do you want to talk about on the show? One, even if we're doing it on 4G cell phone streaming. Oh Hell god, yeah. I hate it when you commit me to these things. It's <laughs> the worst. Okay. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah. So my take is that developmental rosters for top orgs is one of the worst things you can do, uh, simply because there is no incentives to losing splits. There's no draft system. There's no salary cap. And so essentially what you're doing is you're taking an organization that has built a brand on winning and being the best and saying, hey, we're going to take a couple of splits off to try to figure this out. And it rarely ever works out. I think we've seen with CLG and how they've kind of just butchered and tanked their entire organization. And I think TSM is following suit. And so uh, that's kind of my take. I wish that top orgs would focus more on just signing the best players at the time and trying to constantly compete rather than trying to take a step back. Mark, do you want to explain for those, I mean, even myself included, though I kind of understand this, how in traditional sports development, 
rosters work with salary caps and draft picks and all this stuff? Well, it kind of depends on the sport. Um, Maybe NBA? Sure. I mean, like the idea of a development roster in one of those kinds of leagues that has like a salary cap and, um, you know, contracts people are usually going to be locked in for the entire time is like you look at your chances of, I mean, some teams just don't even have a chance of ever winning because they're small market teams and they just can't compete. But assuming you're a team that like has the goal of winning a championship at some point, if you don't have any pieces, you'll often like kind of tank a season that you can get a bunch of good draft picks and you can take these players, uh, get a bunch of young players and hope that like you hit on a couple of them. And then they become good enough in a couple of years that like when you enter free agency, you're like, hey, other top talent, we have top talent now and we can put a super team together and stuff like that. Um, that's that's kind of how it goes. Like, um, Any examples Golden, of Like, for example, Oklahoma Warriors. City Thunder actually got a lot of good players on them. They got like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, and uh, Kevin Durant all within a couple of years together. Um, they unfortunately were from a smart mar- mar- market, so they actually blew up. And Golden Guardian, not Golden Guardians, Golden State Warriors, excuse me, they hit on Steph Curry. The lesser known Golden team. And yeah, another Golden (laughs) team. And they were ending up able to like lure KD and some of these other people away. Um, I could could be getting the exact timeline of some of this wrong, but like basically Golden State Warriors became a super team because a couple of their younger players developed to become superstars and a couple other people then like kind of came to join and they like absolutely... uh, ran over i don't know i mean like i'm not as much of a basketball head as i used to be but like sure that's happened yeah they, they got dre clay and steph all in the draft and then other people came so like they got a lot of them uh because they were becoming a top team already anyways so they- um, but like in okay. in league i think the idea well anyways i'll, I'll shut up and then maybe I'll well, i was gonna it. say so to the caller's point caller mo what you're suggesting yep. is like this whole system in the NBA and all that stuff where you get like prioritized draft picks and all that stuff that doesn't exist at all in league leagues because there's no like draft pick order or anything like that. Yeah. And so basically I think like developmental rosters are a good thing, like in like in a vacuum, but like the reality of the situation is if you're a TSM team with a cloud nine, you have a brand built on being the best and with developmental talent, you're not going to be the best and that tanks your brand your fans suffer, your brand suffers, and then it becomes like like almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy because you can't then attract good talent because you suck. And since there's no incentive to doing this, it's it's mind-boggling that top teams do it. Uh, so, by the way, I really like this take because I think it kind of forces us to think along different lines. You know, I think so many people are so used to the concept of development rosters from traditional sports that it's like no one ever asked, like, should there be? Um, one question for you, though, Mo. Do you think... That the like based off your philosophy, one thing I think about is this kind of freezes the teams where they are, right? Like, if no one ever has to go development, then the top teams are always going to try to build super teams, which leads the rest of the teams to try to like go development and sell to the top teams, and so you never really end up in a situation where like the top teams change because you always have the bottom teams selling off and unable to like attract talent. And I I, I worry a little bit that in your well paradigm, I, the system freezes. I'll disagree for him a little bit in theory, just from that perspective that like, if you are one of the teams who did develop, let's say like Golden Guardians, and then you could climb the standings and just become good with these players. Hopefully they have some loyalty to you and you can then convince your parent org to give you a little bit higher budget to pay these guys what they're worth and then try to punch into the, that upper bracket would probably be in theory how it should work. Um, 
or a hundred thieves can just sling extra money around, overpay people to get talent onto their team, and then become I mean, a become a top org. <clears throat> team Liquid did it right. They went from yeah, being they did the same almost thing. regulated, like having double bail them out, and then now they're the most you know one of the most dominant NA orgs. So I feel like there's a proven directory that if you have the money, you can be a top org and you build a brand. But off. they didn't do that by like developing right didn't they just no. buy immortals players? that's what i'm saying they, they just they just bought like the best players right yeah and they continue to do that i mean the problem with league is at some point if the developing orgs can't retain their players they just stuck and i think that's that's where you're potentially correct travis is if like you can't ever match the offers that they get in free agency you're pretty boned um but that's true already unless one of these top orgs chooses to be a development roster to that point yeah all right. Anyways, I w- I'd be curious what, what LS thinks um, about like the idea of de- developing talent and like, did you consider C9 at all a development org? Even though you know you said you believed so much in these players, but technically, uh, you know, Berserker's a rookie. Winston was coming from the academy level, or even even a step below the academy level. Um, there, he's come from the amateur scene in, in Korea. Over like what would be the equivalent of it. So, like, did you ever consider yourself a development roster? And do you think top orgs should become development rosters and whatnot? Um, uh, development's a really weird thing to me because I think that you can tell kind of early on uh, the trajectory, or at least I'm of I'm of the stance that this is the case because you can see with like actual rookies that just skip academy or they they end up in LCS really quick. Like, you look at JoJo Pion, you look at uh danny right like these are actual ones that they they accelerate very quickly from when they first started um and then you have other players that they've been in the scene for years and years and years and if even if they're finding success right now they're not finding success to the same way that like summit's arriving in lcs and now he's being called best top laner and he's pulverizing everyone right so if they've been around for like eight years, um, how much longer do they need to be to then reach an international level? Because being serviceable or passable in NA should not actually be enough, and that shouldn't be what orgs call development. Um, so I think in that regard, I think every time I hear development, I think it's kind of silly. Um, so I think like for Berserker again, I don't I don't see Berserker as development. I see Berserker as if uh. If I didn't have the close contacts to T1, uh, Berserker's in LPL or LCK right now um, because a lot of teams wanted Berserker. Uh, So he would have just bypassed, like, other stuff. Um, I think Winsome is kind of interesting because he's been playing League for such a short period of time. But in the same vein, I would say Winsome probably has, like, a year to really see, like, where where is he going to sort of end up now you don't have to end up as carrier um but where where realistically are you gonna end up um i think there's probably like an 18 month period uh trajectory before you know what you're you're getting at with like international level um does that just mean that it makes it really difficult in the short term to like is it just hard to figure out what the heck development teams look like then because you're you're having to kind of gamble on folks so, I, I mean, for me, like, Golden Guardians, uh, if they say that they go with the developmental roster, like, developmental uh, to what degree? Because if, if you're trying to get developmental to be upper echelon NA, I mean, that's not good enough, and why is that the point? And because, I, I mean, I'm of, I'm of the stance that, well, 
again, I don't know. I don't understand the business models, right? Uh, especially because like, uh, you look at the content numbers, you look at like stream numbers, you look at Twitter analytics, you look at all these other things. It can't be that angle business model. Um, so the goal should be to do well at Worlds or do well internationally. But if your business model for developmental roster is to just do well domestically, I don't even understand the point. Well, I can tell you, I I have to imagine a Dignitas or a Golden Guardians would be very happy to to win LCS right now. So maybe they look at that as like step one, where it's like a Cloud9 or a TL needs to be looking beyond. But well, what, go ahead, I mean, Mark. God, I have, I have a lot of t points on this. Uh, one, on the idea, yeah. like how quickly you can tell a, a player's like ceiling. I 100% I agree. Like, not like full ceiling and things can change and like you'll never know 100%, but like, the people who have insane talent kind of like jump off the page in some sense, or like jump off the riff. Like, wow, that's yep. fucking, this guy's yep. nuts. Like, okay, yep. he's going to be great. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why like people like <clears throat> Berserker and Jojo for, for like North America, let's say like, you know, you can kind of tell that they're, they can take the accelerated path of like, you don't really need to go in Academy and you don't need to play on a bottom team and prove that you're good before a top team will sign you quite like, you know, arguably Honsters did in NA where he, he played on a couple different teams before he ended up on TSM. Um, but I think some players can continue to develop like a blaze. All of a, someone who I probably would have written off, um, uh, for how long he's been playing in the Academy scene and he's doing pretty well right now. So like, there are people who surprise you. Is he international competition to LS's point? Probably not right now. Um, but who knows? Uh, but I, I love the idea of, of trying to find talent wherever you can grab it. That's why when you guys got Berserker, yep. I was stoked because two years ago, I was ranting but yes. during the world's offseason where I'm like, please, NA orgs, go to these minor, like these other regions that are shitting on us and try and find the next Chovy. Try and find the next like superstar. And that's exactly what you guys mm -hmm. did with Berserker. You literally found what could have been the next great AD carry for Korea. And you stole him, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I, let's be honest. I mean, we got, we got really fucking lucky. Uh, Joe, I mean, if I didn't have the relationship that I have with Joe, we're, we're not even able to talk to him. Yeah. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, we just, any team that I would have been affiliated with just gets lucky because of my relationship with Joe. That's, that's the reality of this point. <laughs> it's a very fair point, that's but I think it's also... It. It's also why it's important, I think, for orgs, like, if this is a route you want to take, start laying down roots in, mm -hmm. in these ecosystems. So you're not just like, you know, off-season opens up, you're some random fucking guy on the other side of a cell phone, but you're like, you know, someone who's been invested in their scene and been monitoring these players right. and trying to. Like, you have to actually invest in those system, like those ecosystems if you want to try and reap from them. Uh, so, like, I, I totally agree that, like, development and, like, how, how you try and find it and these kinds of things is far beyond this idea of, like, um, putting players on bottom tier teams and watching if they can can grow, I guess, kind of idea. Um, though I understand budget-wise why some teams might not have the option of trying to lure over top prospects from other regions. And I don't know. There's, there's so much yeah. to say about this topic. I think Mark, it's really interesting, actually. Do you, th do you think that outside of C9, we've been seeing... Because it's funny, because as, as LS was talking about this, I immediately was thinking about you had like a six-month campaign where you're just like... Stop trying to import these washed players. Uh, start trying to find them in their e development ecosystems or whatever from these other regions. And uh, it is true that like C9 ended up uh, doing that. Presumably TSM did too, right? Like they they try to do the same thing. I guess they'd be kind of the opposite end of the, this. But do you? I do mean, you... philosophically, I didn't hate what they attempted to do. Right, right, right. Do you? Do you feel like Takuli, Pride Stalker, uh, Jose Diodo, like obviously there's been a lot of other instances that 
are kind of in this line, Mark. So I'm curious if you think those apply to kind of the philosophy you were hoping teams started to, to veer towards. I mean, no shot to those players, but to LS's point about like, this is the next great player at this position that you can kind of see coming. I don't know if any of them are that. I think they're all really good, um, but they're not like now Berserker is going to like help C9 on the international stage. Is Pride Stalker or Takui or Blue going to help North America internationally? I don't know, but um, I don't. I don't hate bringing them over or anything like that. I definitely wasn't one of the people who was like flaming. But it I also doesn't think fit your next Chovy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I don't. I don't <clears throat> know if that's who any of them were. Quite like Berserkers. Like he's literally, as LS said, just like stuck behind the current greats. But he is one of them, or he will be. But so, but the other thing I wanted to mention on this is like LS, you mentioned like it's it's because you know Joe. I have to assume there are players out there that are really good that are not employed by Joe Marsh. Uh, so presumably those players should be yes. options as well, right? Uh, well, some of them some of them are stuck. Um, so I mean, some of them either are stuck or you just you can't get them. Um, well, not necessarily stuck. You mean like you mean like up and coming players? Is that yeah what you yeah mean? yeah? I mean like. Hopefully there's yeah, yeah, yeah. there's other summits and and folks that are out there. So there was there was one mid laner um in Korea uh who's in third league or second league or something that prior to like, you know, fudge maybe having to move to mid, I was like is this is this guy available? Um and it's very akin to like Berserker. Um and no, he just, he's not like, you, you just can't, I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's available if you have an LS in that org, right. That's like friends with the yeah. fucking CEO, the same way that I'm, I'm uh, close with Joe. Um, but I think like for everyone else, probably just not available. Um, because the org is also aware of how good this player is. And they don't want it. They don't see it as a business opportunity to trade. They see it as a business opportunity for them to be able to play this player in the future yeah i think i think korea operates that way i think in korea you generally have two or three year lifeline in lck yeah. before teams start looking to uh you know uh, now i think there's a lot of reasons for this military is one of them um younger play this is going to sound really fucked up younger players uh will kowtow easier obviously um they'll just listen to anything from management or coaching with no questions asked uh and they'll be cheaper um yeah. Does so this ever lead to like more aging horse? Does this ever lead to more like contract prison or jail or whatever? Because a lot I mean, obviously there's a ton of conversation about that in the LCS. Um I, I don't know what's going on with Hunter T's six man roster, for instance, but like there there's a lot of that stuff. And so I'm wondering if, if it ends up in a situation where if teams are just less willing to let other orgs like bring players up and they're like, Nope, they have to wait until we're ready for them. Like does that does that lead to a lot more of that? Um, I'm not totally sure. Um, I think, I think, I think what happens in LCK is, is that job security, players start becoming afraid to, so, okay, w w when teams are like middle of the pack or lower pack, um, what'll end up happening is players don't want to be the reason for a loss anymore. And so they'll start being overly safe and they'll start just opting into all neutral things so that they can't look like they're the reason. Uh, for a loss, because you have the academy player, you have like the third string player, etc., that the org will just try. Gotcha. So then it becomes your responsibility to just 
wait for someone else on your team to fucking blunder. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, it's. I mean, Medios is uh, kind of uh, talking about this. Calls, reminds me a little bit of Medios's frustration with like the academy system previously. So, interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've obviously gone all over the place, but Mo, uh, do you think that this addressed what you were you were thinking about? A little bit. I think that, like, to Ellis's point, I think that like bottom orgs, and not to shit on them, but like if you're like a Golden Guardians, Dignitas, FlyQuest, like there's no risk, right? You sign development to roster, it works, it doesn't work, it is what it is, you're eighth again. Oh well. It's just like from my perspective, if you're a TSM, a C9 TL, like this is like one of the worst things you could do. And so uh I hope that TSM figures it out. I hope that they go back to signing good talent and start winning again because this developmental stuff definitely is not it for them. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Mo. What do you want to shout out before we go? Uh, just say shout out you, Travis. Um, well, I appreciate. Oh, so, go ahead, Liz. I, I want. I wanted to comment on on his last thing because it's something I, I remember saying this on stream a year ago. The second that a top tier org or a top tier team has one fall from grace, that's it. It's not that they know how to sign or find good talent. It's that they're the best fucking org. So top talent will just hold out for them to eventually come to them if the talent knows that they're actually the creme de la creme. It's, it's not that they have some magical scouting people or that they have people that are competent at scouting or that they, they have people that are just like finding these players. No, the players know this is the top org. I want to be in here. I'm going to deny every other offer because this is the top org. TSM, with the fall from grace that it just had, I think that's, I think that's gone. I think and this uh, has happened to other orgs. Yeah. yeah. It happened Agreed. in StarCraft too. I, I think it's a really interesting point because it kind of goes back to what the caller was saying about like top orgs shouldn't do yeah. this because then you, you kind of ruin your goodwill where like you're the creme de la creme. I kind of, I'm kind of getting pulled, kind of agreeing more with this take the more it's gone on. I can understand financially why you might be like, okay, I can't afford this ball and ass roster. So I'm going to take an easier, like a, a, a lower, like a, yeah, but even then, you'd still want to retain your talent. You want to keep Speaker happy and stuff and these kinds of things, you would think. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's no a, way Speaker's staying, right? Like, that's a disaster <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, what, what this opens up is the possibility for uh, super bottom-tier orgs to nuke their entire roster and then try to, uh, try to approach lots of people who want to play together, right? Because they, they have enough slots for it if they're willing to nuke the whole roster, but you won't find that on a top team. The vitality approach. That's the only positive, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The actually, it's it's a really uh, great point, LS, because I remember Kelby and I used to talk about this a ton because you had players who would just take huge pay pay cuts. Like TSM was able to pay a lot less for their roster because it was TSM. Because like yep. it's funny to think about now, but it's like they oh. always made finals, and so. You knew, just join TSM. You get to play with Bjerg, and you're going to go to finals if you do that. So, like, and, and a lot of players are, you know, they would rather me, win than make an extra 100 grand or something. So, it just I, was like a huge recruiting strategy. I, I have a really funny story sure. um, about T1. I don't, I, don't think Joe would, I don't think Joe would get upset about this. Okay. My coaching contract on T1 was half of my streamer contract. Reason being... You get to be a part of T1 lol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and by the way, like, you know what? Actually, like <laughs> for a long time for a long time it wasn't even just like the that you would win. It was also like back whenever LCS players used to stream so much, like you would join TSM and immediately your stream numbers would just skyrocket. Like you would have 
you know, this was obviously back before uh, contracts outpaced streaming revenue dramatically so then people didn't feel like they needed to stream but like you could just join tsm turn on your stream and suddenly you'd be able to make a ton of money because you'd be able to stream to thousands of people and so that was another huge factor in it is like just the affiliation with the brand was was huge and i like since then you've had yeah. other teams that have been able to kind of you know pull this pull this off and uh yeah i do wonder about it i mean so i would Go no, ahead. no, no. You, you finish your thing first, because my mine's no, a, a I, I tangent. Say, like, I, I think I would, I would be like. So in my head, I mean, I was totally fine taking like an unholy. Like, I would, like, let's say that, like, in 2020, I made X, right? I would be totally fine taking a massively reduced income for 2021 if you know able to participate on you know T1 LOL or something, right? Just as an example. So that is a real thing. Yeah. 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 I, but, I was, you know, gonna, getting to I hang out next to Faker, a, I think, is is a good way to get attention. Um, I was, was going to throw out for a traditional sports example. Um, everyone likes to play with Tom Brady. I mean, he just retired, but like when he left the Patriots and joined, like people took pay cuts, like you were saying, to play. This happens in traditional sports. They take pay cuts to play with them. What's also really funny is like when this happens, people go, people do this all the time about Tom Brady's defense. This is a bit of a tangent, but like people are like, oh, Tom Brady always played with the best defenses. Everyone, like, the only reason he won Super Bowls is because he was playing with the best defenses. It's like, you know why he had the best defenses? Because they fucking wanted to play with Tom Brady. <laughs> you know why Faker always has good teammates? Or, like, Bengi had, like, good... Because like, people want to fucking play with them. I mean, same with Beard. It's such, a, it's such a stupid chicken or the egg argument. It's like, why... These guys keep having good teammates. I don't... Like, they keep getting carried by their good teammates. It's like... Yeah, because they're fucking amazing, and everyone knows it, and they want to play with them. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mo, so much for the call. Uh, yeah. Wait, sorry, did you you didn't finish your shoutouts? What was your? Yeah, shout I was giving you praise, man. Uh, so I was gonna say, Shayon, shout out Travis. I think you know, I think the scene's really lucky to have you. I think you do a lot of good stuff. Um, so I appreciate all the work you do. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you. Uh, Mark, we're gonna take a quick break if uh, before you you hop into the next caller, okay. folks. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm here to talk to you about Alienware. This is our, our first sponsor break for the episode. Uh, please go check out Alienware.com slash Travis. They have a whole slew of stuff that is coming out, including a 34-inch OLED. Uh, I can't talk about it yet, but that thing looks beautiful. Um, I mean, you can go find out about it, but I, I will have one that I can talk about very soon, and everything I've heard has been that it, it is fantastic. They also have uh, new versions of their X-series notebooks and their M-series notebooks that are available now. And then they've recently announced the X-14. I'm very excited. I'm going to be getting one of those uh, soon, and so I'm going to be able to show that off on a future episode of Hotline League. But go check this out. I've actually had several people this week uh, hit me up and let me know that they've been ordering uh, using my code, or in some cases, code doesn't always work, so in those cases, they've just been letting me know, which is awesome. It just depends on the product. Um, but... Thank you so much for doing that. That's actually very helpful. I send all that stuff over to Alienware. It is very cool. Uh, but literally, it's a great time if you're looking at Alienware stuff to go look at their hardware because uh, just in the past six months, they've released a ton of really cool stuff. So go check them out, alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, love working with Alienware. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show and so much of what we do here. And uh, yeah, we love Alienware. Check the link in the description. And there's always... oh. Here's the last thing. Some people sometimes forget. They message me or they'll literally DM me on Twitter and be like, hey, what was your code again? If you ever are trying to figure out what the new code is, because they update it usually once a quarter, 
It's in the YouTube description of basically every single video that I post my YouTube. So feel free to just, if you're trying to remember the code, go look in the YouTube description um, because it'll always be there. Okay, Mark, you want to go grab the next car? Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm sold, honestly. Thank you. Uh, You'll be getting one, I'm sure. Okay, Natural Ninja, thank thank you for gifting a sub. Uh, Two-pack Colombian... Uh, Director Donut, Omega Diamond Zinc, Vanilla, Insane DC, Sherman. Thank you, Sherman. Uh, hope you're doing well. Boba Cola, thank you for the 54 months. And Cannabis, thank you. As Wait, is that Sherman yeah. from, from Riot? Yes, Riot Games. He's a huge oh fan my. of the show. What a, what a he tunes in every individual. week to hear me shit on Riot and complain about them. It's, uh, All right. it's similar to the co-streaming experience. Okay, Wizard is here. Wizard, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Gulfport, Mississippi. Gulfport, Mississippi. What do you want to talk about on the show? My take was that player retention is not currently a problem in the LCS. Oh, boy. Okay. What do you mean by player retention? First off, let's define it. Well, you talk at least twice a year, I'd say, about teams and player retention on how I guess a uh, player turn roster turnover from split right. to split or year to year. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, is I guess roster turnover. Gotcha. So you're you're saying that that is not an issue. Uh, for those that don't know, they can go take a look at, at Run It. Um, I did. Well, we did two of these. It was it was Tim uh, upon my request doing these, basically looking at turnover in terms of how many players leave a team that they're competing for and how many pl- players leave the LCS. Uh, that every year um, because I I have argued, you say at least twice a year, I would say at least twice a month that one of the biggest issues with the LCS right now is you can't build brands around players because Perks shows up, everybody says care about Perks and then he fucks off after a year and you're like okay, did we say Perks? We really meant a Blaze Olive um, <laughs> so the, the I have argued that this is an issue uh, Wizard is incorrectly arguing that it is not. So why don't you let me know uh, why why it is not? Um. Well, Hello. first, just a quick number breakdown. Um, I think the only league that you can really compare roster turnover with in the LCS is LEC. I think that the way that LCK and LPL manages and handles their rosters uh, and their development leagues is just too drastically different of a comparison but the average for um the average lcs (laughs) let's see retained so in the lcs we retain each the teams retained 23 players basically so for example cloud nine retained fudge and blabber that's two tsm retained huni and speaker that's two so it was a total of 23 and that was only three off from the LEC. I'm not going to go through all the numbers, but they were almost identical uh, across okay. the board. They almost had the same numbers when it came to new signings and uh, players retained, and also free agent pickups from other teams that were just players that were on, playing for other teams in the same league on the previous splitter year. Um, I don't think LEC has a roster turnover problem. Um, they're very sorry. Good so about you're signing. saying you're saying LEC. So you're saying other leagues are experiencing the same rates of turnover as we're experiencing. Uh, yes, and I think that it's healthy. Okay. Um, going back to the last caller as well, um, bringing in, if you f- can clearly see a ceiling for a player, 
why would you keep him in the league when you can either import a player that you feel like has a higher ceiling or bring up a player from your academy team that you feel like has a higher ceiling? Um, so in that case, I think that roster turnover is healthy when you are doing your best to put together the five best players that you can, right? Um, if you're not actively trying to put together the five best players you can and just saying, well, let's run it back from last year when your results are mediocre, you're not trying to win. So in, in 2020, if you started uh, the year on an LCS team, you most likely did not start in 2021. Uh, we turned over 54% of our players in that, in that year. Um, do you, you're, you're, you don't, you, even in that rate, you still feel like that's healthy. Uh, I admit that that year was probably a little bit high, but I think that last year's was healthy. We were at 44%. So it's a 10% yeah, difference. You feel like that's, it's okay then? Well, cause a 10% difference is a full team. Uh, so I, I, I do believe that that it's a significant enough difference to say that, yeah, that that's healthy. Um, I think that the issue with building your brand around a player is not, it doesn't have to do with roster turnover because most of the rosters are doing a pretty good job of keeping at least one or two faces to be the face of their organizations. Yeah, um, but they're, uh, they're usually, so previously like TSM was able to, to retain uh, Bjerg, for instance, I guess you could argue TL is retaining core, uh, but I, like it's it's kind of difficult because I feel like as a, for the league, there's a need to have not just teams or organizations that are really big brands, but also players, right? Like everybody knows uh, Michael Jordan, everybody knows uh, Kevin Durant. Like there's all these players that become huge household names. Where like I don't even follow the NBA, but I I obviously know and recognize a lot of the names. Even whenever Mark was talking about the Warriors earlier, I I recognize a ton of those folks. And so for me. My concern is the rate at which we are often throwing those players out. Like we do it on on an almost like week, not weekly, year, yearly basis. And so there are players that folks really cared about that were in the league last year that are now gone, and that we built up. Like it would be very and a very interesting experiment around this stuff would be to go look at like what are the hype trailers every year for like the last four years and ask how many of those players that the league was positioning kind of as the stars of the league are still in the league. Um, well, obviously like double lift would be gone and, and as a, a prime example, but there, I think that people would be surprised at how many other players are just not going to be there. Well, how many reckless hype pieces do you think the LEC did last year? And has that <laughs> been a significant, uh, dip in viewership as a result? Has there been less, I guess? I don't, I haven't been tracking LEC viewership, but I have heard that it's down year over year, but they also got perks back. Um, so I th I think that that's kind of helpful for them. They've also done a much better job of like building the brands of these players year over year, and they've been able to kind of like leverage caps, reckless perks, uh, a lot of these names for a very long time. Whereas I think we were really like beholden to basically Doublelift and Bjergsen for a while. Like it felt like those were the two players that we constantly talked about. So I I agree. 100% with that. I don't think that it's a roster turnover problem, though. I think that it was more of a, not necessarily the broadcast team themselves, but the broadcast as a whole showing these players in the way that the LEC does. So one really good example that I thought that the LCS used to do that they stopped doing was they used to play individual teams 
content pieces in the what hour hour and a half lead up to lcs starting yeah and i can tell you from experience of me and a few friends we became much more interested and knew a lot more about several different players just based on watching those and i i don't understand why they stopped doing it it was a it was a really good way to get us not only interested in individual players and storylines and teams but to check out their content ourselves on youtube yeah i mean i i think that's cool and I'm gl i wish they were still doing it the viewership on the broadcast at that time is like very slim uh so i feel like it's tough to to like say they should they sh i mean i think they should do it it makes sense but i'm i'm not uh surprised that like i don't buy that that was like a very significant driver of, of fandom like there are obviously no, things it helped more. i'm trying to find uh a list of the rosters uh from previous years so that i could just say like i i think one interesting question is in 2020 if you watch the lcs and you were a fan of either TSM, TL, C9, or 100T. What does that roster look like now compared to then? And I would imagine that almost every single player is no longer on any of these teams that you were watching from literally two years ago. Well, Blabber is um, in his, I think, ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are split, still going mean, to be like one or two, one or two folks on all these different teams, but like, they are not, like. It, it is incredibly hard, I think, for a fan of an org to decide or to want to continue to be a fan of the team whenever you've spent a very like a year building players up. Like, how much effort was did the LCS and uh, C9 put into perks? And I know that you mentioned Reckless, but they were able to use Reck like LCS was able to re level uh, to leverage Reckless for many, many, many years. And even now, he's technically in their, I, I don't know if you want to call it development league, right? But, like, he's in the league right below them. In uh, LCS, like, we put a bunch of effort behind building up perks, and then he's he was here for one year, and now he's gone, right? Same thing with Sword Art, same thing with Alfari. And so, I, I, look, on the L LEC side, if they have the exact same level of turnover, I would be surprised. Maybe they do. I would ask maybe, like, they where do. is that turnover happening? Is it in the top half of the league or is it in the bottom half of the league? And even if they do, I would say then I am still impressed that they are able to do that because even if they are able to build viewership off of, like, the constantly rotating, like, musical chairs that we have, uh, that, I think, is even a bigger testament. Because when you look at traditional sports, uh, fandom is built around, like, long-standing legacies and long-standing players. And we throw ours out like every couple of years, in some cases every year. If you were a Hundred Thieves fan in 2020, like hopefully you were a fan of someday, um, because like you that last year you had everybody else gone, um, and that's the kind of stuff that I think concerns me about about building long term viewership for the league. Yeah, um, my two things on that are that LEC and LCS both have an average of the longest tenured player on a team <clears throat> as being five splits. Um, and then the other thing, oh, I believe this year actually teams are doing a much better job of trying to build up a specific player or specific like two players as the face of their organization and that it's going to be a really big benefit going forward. I think that Super Week, the broadcast did a fantastic job of starting to really hype up team rivalries and specific players on teams that look like they could be there for long term. I was really impressed. I didn't really 
know how good of a job they were doing the rest of the split, but I really felt like in all the content pieces and discussions around Super Week, I was learning a lot more about players that had either been around for at least a full year or looked like they could be around for a significant portion of time. Well, the last the last thing I'll say on this, and I'll ask Mark and, and Alice if they have anything they want to chime in on this, but like, that's great. You You got fandom built around some of these players on this past Super Week. What happens whenever EG doesn't make playoffs in summer? Well, I guess it's top eight, whatever. They don't make worlds or they have some bad showing or something like that. And they're, somebody over there decides like they need to change things. And JoJo and Danny, who they built around, decide to like, or they, they send, they trade them off to somebody else. Or what's more likely, I think, is oftentimes like the decisions that are made are player motivated, right? Where like, Danny and Jojo decide they don't want to play with each other. So now they're gone. Um, like they're not playing together. One of them is on a different team or some, something like that. That's the type of thing that's, I think, really tough because you just have the, like people might become a fan of EG because of Jojo and Danny. Now those players are off on different teams or one of them has decided to go take a year off or play an academy or I don't know. Like that's, that's my bigger concern. Mark or else, obviously I've dominated a lot of this conversation. So I don't know if you guys have opinions on that. Nope. <laughs> this, this, this is a, this this. I mean, for me, this is such a thing that is so difficult to to even talk about. That uh, you know, because well, I, I know, know here's I don't. Here's my take. Obviously, I care, and I know you care about this too, LS, because I know you've talked to players about brand building, and part of the reason Fudge does so much yes. content and so many interviews is because you know how important it is for these players to be something yeah. other than like the character on the screen during these games. On the other hand, yeah. I also know, LS, that you're just like, get fucking wins. North America win. Get shit players out. And so, like, it's very yeah. funny because I'm obviously on one of the spectrum where I just am like, yes, maybe we're not winning, but we're also losing fans because people don't oh. have a player to attach to. You're also kind of like, there needs to be some churn, I'm sure. Or you want churn just so that I mean, we can get better players in. Berserker's had his Twitter for two months and he has more followers than some people who have been in the LCS for years. Like... I mean, I made Berserker's first few tweets. I think it's fantastic that like Cloud9 management. But I you're think, his Joe Marsh. It might be, it might be Revan. I don't know who's doing it. I mean, they're keeping it up, right? Um, yeah. They're helping the Koreans tweet. They're helping the meme, etc. I think all of that stuff is really important. Summit Summit said in an interview or something or a tweet that he's going to stream this week. Like, there's a lot of hype around him, right? Brand build. Um, in Korea, uh, you know, I was trying, so no one really knew who Berserker was or like the Koreans, right? So I was like trying to do guest streams on my on my Twitch channel because I have, obviously I have the largest brand uh, on the entire team. So like, I'm trying to give exposure. Um, I think all of this stuff's really important, which it, it, uh, it cycles back to something I said earlier about like, you know, what is the business model of certain teams? Because it can't be uh, content and all this other stuff because you look at the content views a lot of teams are getting and um they must be hemorrhaging money uh, on even making it um so that's obviously not uh you know that's not something but yeah brand building is extremely important um but i think in order to brand build you do probably you also do have to be winning uh i think because otherwise like why the fuck do i care yeah i mean at least in traditional sports you can have i think it is a fair question of how do you, if you are a team that's not winning, build fandom? I think FlyQuest has tried to do that. I don't think it's translated over to people really paying attention to their content. Um, so FlyQuest, 
I was impressed actually. It, uh, have you noticed that they're they're like uh, some of their YouTube videos are actually doing okay. Really? With uh, yeah. If you go to the, if you go to their main page, they they had a video that came out. Uh, where is it? Five days ago, it's at fifty five k, and they had a video come out a week ago that's at seventy five k. Are these shorts or are they like the? No, they're they're videos. I'm on the FlyQuest YouTube channel. Oh yeah, see uh, whose champion line is it anyway? French trivia and whose champion line is it anyway? And honestly, oh, is this Takui content? Do you think it's the Takui? It is. It's the French fans that I think are showing up for Takui because he's in both Maybe. of these videos. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but still, this is good. And if this is what they have to do, you make you make him the main focal point of like the team, and then you you know you get all the other players around him. Then that's yeah. what you do, and that's fine. Like. But Jesus Christ, I mean, let's go over to our graveyard. Hold on. Yeah, that's exactly oh what I was talking about. Oh, God. All right, hold on. I'm on, I'm on CLGs. Yeah, the CLG YouTube is rough. No, I mean, it, 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 it's, getting, it's getting triple digit uh, viewership on, on their premier videos. Yeah. Like, th th so I don't know what they're paying the content team, right? Um, but there's no way they're losing money every video they yeah. make. Is this the moment where LS realizes... That nobody in LCS is making money because uh, I can promise you that's that's been. No, how I, I know much. no one in in LCS is like really like. I mean, well, I I know that mo. I mean, every LCS team makes horrendous decisions when it comes to certain things. Um, and I don't know how they get signed off on. Um, I also do think that like I'm of the the stance that salaries are too high. Um, I am of that stance. Uh. There's a lot of stuff there. There's definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's definitely. Yeah, this a lot is of stuff. this is going into the, this is going into the thing. But I do, I do think that the answer can't be the only way you can have fans is by winning, because you can only have so many winners in the LCS, and there's ten teams, right? And so you're gonna have just have teams that are are hemorrhaging money. If you if you can't be in the top three, for instance, like even FlyQuest, who has consistently been like last year was pretty rough, but other than that, they've made finals a couple times, they've gone to Worlds a couple times, like yep. they've done pretty well. Obviously, you can argue maybe some of their branding decisions, and you can't just be winning, but like I don't know, it's it's tough. But I do think, I mean, just to to get back to your point, Wizard, I think a lot about the back in the day whenever teams were had players around for a lot longer like that tsm roster that had like dyrus and odwin and a lot of those folks on for a very long time i feel like they were often like they benefited from the fact that they were obviously they were winning but also they were able to build up and invest in these players for a long time it is very difficult if you are a top team and you know that you change out the mass the majority of your players every year year over year to want to spend a bunch of time trying to get people to build fa like fandom towards these players because like you might invest a ton in a player and then like now your rival has them on, on their team and they all the popularity you invest in, all the resources you invest into this player to brand build now is like someplace else. And so I don't think in our current system of musical chairs, teams are properly incentivized to try to like build the players into superstars because chances are they're gonna be gone the next year. EG has content. I didn't even know this existed, oh, but also don't, it's don't just like look. CLG. Uh, Wizard. I, you and I disagree on this. I actually <laughs> would love it if you, if you would tweet. I know. Don't look, Ellis. Um, I would love it, Wizard, if you can tweet at me or maybe put it in the Discord or something like that. Some of the stats around the LEC stuff because I have actually it is, 
I appreciate you bringing up the LEC information on their turnover because I've never had somebody dive in and look at the turnover rates of the other leagues because in my mind it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I still don't think that necessarily changes my opinion um, on, on stuff because I think you look at LEC and they're kind of like a two or three team league in terms of popularity. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, but I would I'd love that. Uh, anything you want to say at the end? And do you have any shout outs? Um, no, it was a good discussion. I didn't expect to change your mind in uh, in 10 minutes uh, or however long I was here. I just want to shout out my friend Sam helped me get a bunch of those stats together and arguing points. Uh, shout out to Alienware. I have an Alienware computer. I use the code. I love it. Um, shout out you and Mark. I really like y'all's content, both of you. I really enjoyed uh, the Lamarcris casts on the weekends. And then. Is that what the, also, the duo is called, Lamarcris? Thank, no, I, just, no, I, just, I don't I think so. <laughs> but thank up. you. <laughs> uh, but then I just wanted to shout out LS. Uh, my favorite team ever since I started watching League was C9. And while you might not be there anymore, I really like the coaching and player structure that you set up. It's really interesting, and it really gives me a lot to pull for, even though you're not there anymore. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Wizard, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right, see you. Mark, you want to go grab the next car? Off he goes. Thank you, right, Daniel in 92 He didn't even actually say, you know, like, Jesus. Michael do. Uh, Bo Dreams, Carla Alexander, uh, Whoopley, Fish Sticks, thanks for the 100 bits. Uh, cannabis... I got Whoopley to, yeah. Right, Whoopley. What did you get Whoopley? Oh, you just mean you recognize Well, me. I mean, you had a prime. I had to snipe that. Oh, yeah. nice. Yes. No, I appreciate it. Oh, hold on. There's three more that just popped up. Three more subs? No, no, no. <laughs> Travis, I'm on it. Don't worry. Hello. What is happening? Okay. Hello. <laughs> uh, Outsane, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Quebec City, Canada. Quebec City, Canada. Welcome to the show. <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is I believe Golden Guardians will actually make the Spring Plus, Spring Plus Finals uh, against either TL or C9. Pretty sure about that. And I believe as well that they will go to Worlds this year. Okay. As, as the second or third seed. I don't believe they'll be first, though. I really appreciate the take. Uh, because <laughs> look at Twitch chat just explode. I'm just watching it right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, Bjergsen today said, or yesterday, um, and then I, I released it today, said that I think he called Golden Guardians a top three or four team, which is not obviously that they are making finals or anything, but there's a pretty, I, I am kind of, uh, I was never really on the dig hype train. The EG hype train, I think, is derailed, though. Obviously, they're trying to redeem it with this past weekend. But I think the the Golden Guardians hype train is pretty decent. It feels like they're powering up over the course of the split rather than like powering down. Uh, and so I don't necessarily agree with you that they're going to be in finals. But yeah, what? Why don't you outside? Do you have any any specific reasons why you have so much faith in them? Uh, sure. Uh, actually, I, and I don't say this like I'm not a big Golden Guardians fanboy or anything. But I don't think there uh, are many. I, I'm, I'm a yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the thing is, I feel like they're better than the sum of their parts. Uh, I feel like Licorice, he can, he's pretty good. I think he can get back to top form. I think, I wouldn't say Pride Stalker is like the best jungler by any means. But I, at the same time, I don't feel he can get stomped by anyone. 
I don't think like uh, you can let like a jungle gap happen in the game. I think he can hold his own just fine. Uh, a blaze olive actually surprised me, and you know. One thing uh, that I th I think about is uh, you know like a blaze olive when you one v three against TL, I think that's a big thing for a player's mental. Like you know I know they believe in them in themselves, but when it happens, I think you can he maybe he's thinking to himself like, "Wow, I can actually do this," you know, and it can like maybe like get rid of some mental block, you know, sometimes. And I think that's really good for like. Uh, for his own development in the in the future in playoffs, I think he maybe he unlocked something within him. Uh, Lost also surprised me a lot. Like I wasn't honestly high on him at all. Like when they signed Lost, I was like, I think he was all right on TSM. Like he's just gonna go downwards sure. from here, and he's actually performing much better than I expected. And you think same Ola for Ole? Okay. S sorry, sorry, I don't I don't mean to cut you off. It's just some. I, there's a there's a hotline league trope that Mark and I are well aware of, where you ask a caller about a team and then they have to to give a, a long explanation every of every single and, player. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, my bad. <laughs> no, no, you're good, you're good. It's a natural tendency of all hotline league callers in the wild. Okay, so you have a lot of faith in the Golden Guardians players. I will note before I toss this over to Mark or LS that you didn't. There was not a single time where you're like, they're going to do it off the back of this single player. You're like, well, this player's good, and this player's kind of good, and this player's surprising me. You want them to go to finals. Okay. Uh, Mark, do you want, you want to start off on this? Sure, I'll catch the hot potato. You're, you're a little crazy, man. There's, there's a <laughs> world. Here's, here's the world that it happens. TL and Cloud9 play in semis for some reason. And they have to be like, I don't know, like maybe 100 Thieves is still struggling or something. You know, I actually don't think Golden Guardians making finals is the craziest thing because outside the top two right now, it feels kind of up in the air. Like, could EG do the same thing? Could 100 Thieves do it? You know, maybe one of the teams makes finals because the, the bracket ends up lopsided. You know what? I don't Isn't think that's the craziest a, take. Are we still doing double limb finals? Is it double limb to get to finals? Maybe you're right. Is it? I, I mean, I thought it's been for most anymore. finals. Mark, can I ask you something off of it? One second. Let me first uh, see if I'm an idiot. All right, first off, I'm an idiot. So, all right, I take it back, dude. You're trolling. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's say for some reason, Corjage is not back. Ella is starting the whole time. Do you think there's a well with Golden Guardians win the best of five? He's already back next week. They said it was just for one week, I'm pretty sure, in yeah. the tweet. No, he's back, it, I think. Even, yeah, Ayla even posted a thing as like last game at LCS or something. So yeah, no, they they know Core JJ is back for sure. He just like got his green card. Probably had to go take care of something now that he had a green his green card or whatever. Like I don't know, maybe he had shit in Korea that he had to like fucking pick up. I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what he did, but you know, like I think he was just gone for a weekend and he's coming back. So I think the problem is you're gonna bump into Cloud9 or, or TL before then, and I don't know if they can do it in a best of five, you know, I think they could like golden guardians could find a win against them in a best of one. But, um, I don't think that they actually outskill any of the positions against TL or C9. I feel like TL and C9 have better players in all five. So like while you were running down that roster, I think it is a good roster. I think they're, they're going to be top half of the league. Um, but to actually make finals is a stretch. You said top three as well. When I initially pulled you, right? Yep. Could they be top, what, Mark, over, under on top three? All right. If, if I say finals is 0%, I'll say top three is 
Yeah, I feel like it's pretty decent. There's nobody who really is in a spot to claim that third spot right now. I think. I don't know. Hunter T looks because you're also saying saying it against the field. Like literally, anyone of the other teams is like EG, Hundred Thieves, FlyQuest, and even fucking Immortals at this point. Who knows? Or Dig? And it Dig. I I have less faith in Dig, but sure. I don't know. LS, are you you at all at all all on board with this call, or is it just straight trolling? Do you you? think Golden Guardians C9 or Golden Guardians TL LS? And the finals. Golden Guard. I mean, I, I, I think something is catastrophically wrong if neither EG or uh, Hundred Thieves or FlyQuest somehow end up above them. Gotcha. Uh, by the, by, you know, by the time one of them you're saying should, should be at least up there, at least one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I think that what a lot of the issues that some of these teams are like having so like i mean e- even uh golden guardians in theory could have beat us in the, in that one game right uh that we played against them um before like the the bottom lane events went like super catastrophic for them and then they there's no recovering from that but i think uh i don't know i think pride stalkers kind of unique champion pool also messes with people in some ways right with like the zeds the the kianas right the champions that no one else is playing um i think is helpful um but i think this happens i was talking about this with i think dom where what can happen is is like mid split teams who have more incentive to like really be a team can end up flourishing we had this with dignitas last year um whereas teams that are like expected to do well or have like actual high level players on the team there can be internal conflicts. I think this is like a very standard thing that happens. Um, and so it leads to turbulence that usually happens, like mid-split. And I think if you, if you point to many major you know, league regions, you see this happen with a lot of teams. Um, so I don't know. Like Again, pound for pound, they, I, I don't think that they're even above EG or 100 Thieves. Um, and so if we're making like the Golden Guardians thing, then we should also be making like even a FlyQuest thing. Um, I think Pride Stalker is better than, again, I didn't know much about him before this year. I think Pride Stalker is doing well. Um, I think that, you know, his champion pool also sort of helps them. Um, I think 100 Thieves and EG are, you know, I mean, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're, they're screwing themselves in draft very often. Um, and I think that makes games more difficult for them against other teams that they're playing up against. And I don't think that that's going to change. I mean, I call them 100 sins for a reason. Um, so, I don't know. I don't see Golden Guardians finishing above fifth. Above fifth, okay. Mm-hmm. So, but they could be top five, you're saying? Uh, everything goes well, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's exciting for at least the Golden Guardians fans out there. Out uh, saying, remind me again where you're calling from? Uh, Quebec City. Quebec City. Okay. Well, some people in chat will say you're calling from the crazy land, but uh, I appreciate Probably. the take either, either way. Uh, anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, sure. I'll shout out to uh, Mark Z. Uh, first time I popped on your stream today while you were recording Blame Game. I loved oh, it. Yeah? It was actually oh, yeah. real fun. And uh, shout out to my boy MTK. And I uh, love you guys' content. Uh, Travis, Mark, uh, watch every episode. Uh, LS fan as well. Watch a co stream. So props to everyone. I'd say, were you there whenever Mark got absolutely ratioed live on stream by Bjergsen? <laughs> uh, no. 
Travis oh, man, is forcing you it, it so fucking hard. Mark tried to <laughs> go for the king and he missed. Uh, and again, when you go for the king, you better not miss. Um, he tried to mock Bjerg by saying he was trying to flex Bro, Bjerg an Apple Watch I, I and a Fitbit. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go look there. at this tweet. If, you, yeah. if anyone on. wants to see he, this. It's, it's, it's not a fucking... He was wearing two watches, and I said, why is he wearing two watches? Is he flexing, or do these things do different things? He then clarified that one's not an Apple Watch, that they're both different kinds of Fitbits. One's called a Whoop, one's called a Fitbit. And that he's trying both of them because he wants to see which one works better, which is absolutely a flex that you have the disposable income to buy two products that do the same thing to test which one is better. I think he that's a privilege, not a flex. A flex would be if he was like in the interview being like, uh, yeah, I've got I've got two that's of these, flex. by the way, trying to figure out which one is which. You don't, I mean, there's people who are obnoxious flexors and then there's like the passive flexors, yeah. you know, it's a passive flex. Well, if anybody wants well, to see. Well, you know, two watches on a ring is a zillion pocket pick yes yes mm -hmm. true he's flexing he's, he's showing off he's got two watches he doesn't care who knows he could he could cover them with with skin colored tape so you and can't arrow tell. in chat says i am so shocked that bjergsen has disposable income mark zimmerman i would not have expected him to have a hundred dollars for uh <laughs> 200 yeah. fitbit flex if All right, anybody you know would like to just watch a man get absolutely destroyed please go check out mark's twitter uh, and, and see uh, Bjergsen just light him on fire. He just destroyed <laughs> and annihilated. He hit him. me with the the meanest smiley face you've ever seen. All right, let's yeah, show exactly. Never seen uh, uh, you're going in on somebody that hard. Anyway, thanks so much, Outstanding. We'll catch you next time. I uh, thank you. Bye. All right, we have a quick break to take right now to talk about Grubhub. Grubhub is awesome. Excellent. I actually had during the the show uh, food delivered. I had some milk tea and some sweet potato fries, and it's been fantastic because today I was pretty busy. I uh, was doing a ton of work, and then the show crept up on me, and it was time to order something, and I was just able to hit up Grubhub. Mark, you've been ordering stuff lately from uh, Grubhub, yes? Yeah, I've been ordering a ton from LA Prime Cafe. If you live in the Santa Monica area, their uh, avocado toast is dope. Mark's getting avocado toast with the Grubhub credit. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> so right. we don't have a code for you this week, but what we do have, and I haven't heard, we're, we're going to see how these last three callers go because one of them have got to live in the U.S. for this, but I do have a, a Grubhub gift card to give away on the show if any of these callers have a great take in the last, last three calls. And unfortunately, they have to also have to be in the U.S. so that they can use the gift card. But uh, we'll, we'll have them come on and we'll find out. But thank you so much to Grubhub. Uh, you can do exclamation mark Grubhub in the chat to make sure that you can uh, use that link. You can also use the link uh, via my YouTube channel. And whenever you are going to order, uh, first off, if you never signed up for Grubhub, it'd be sick if you signed up using my link. Even if you don't sign up using the link, maybe click the link first and uh, order something from there because it's very helpful. And I would love to outperform uh, Riot Games on Grubhub uh, credits and clicks. And uh, I would like to humiliate them. Uh, so that Sherman, if he's still here in chat, has to go to the Grubhub people and explain <clears> to them why it is that more people from my audience than the LCS audience are using Grubhub. Please do it. Anyway, thank you so much, Grubhub, for sponsoring the show. And uh, we will, you know what we'll do? If we don't have, uh, if none of the three callers that are left in the, the tank uh, do give me something great, I will uh, figure out a way to disperse the code to somebody in the Twitch chat. 
So you guys are officially rooting against the callers, but don't flame them because then I will disqualify Twitch chat. Mark, you want to grab our next caller? Yes. Okay. Thank you to... Can I, can I, can I pee? Yes, you can pee. All right, BRB. I will permit it. All right, one sec. Uh, <laughs> Barrett, TFT, Young Yammer, Deej Bomb, Big Floofy, Fit is here. Crossbow hey. Burrito, and Darking. Uh, Fit is here, and yet... Ellis is not because he had to go pee. Well, let's just let's just keep rolling. It's eight forty-five. We got two more topics after this one. Let's let's just keep cruising. He'll catch up. Bid. and I don't yeah. think he'll care. I don't think he'll care about this one to be honest. Bid, where are you yeah. calling from? This one's pretty bad. Uh, Ohio. Ohio. Whereabouts in Ohio? Uh, Cleveland. Nice. What do you want to talk about I, on the show? I liked your script, Ohio shirt last week. Oh yeah, Went it was Ohio gifted State, to yeah. me from a viewer actually. Nice. What yeah, do you so want to talk about on the show? Yep. Uh, so my take is that the LCS broadcast is underutilizing player cams, and it makes the games feel detached from the actual players. So, like, during the games, they should have the player cam on whoever's being shown on the screen. So I have three points here as to Wasn't why... Wasn't a Reddit thread about this this past weekend? Did you see that? Uh, I made a Reddit post about it. I don't know if... I if saw your Reddit someone post. Else. Oh, anyway, you did? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Continue. So this would, uh, number one, I think this would help push the narratives that the broadcast have been pushing this year on the analyst desk. Like, if we're watching the top laners for 20 seconds, they should be showing the top laners player cams. So it feels more like an actual matchup of the players. Uh, secondly, this would help newer viewers understand what's going on easier. Like, this one might not seem like much, but if you're a newer viewer, there's already so much going on on the screen. So I think that this would help it make more sense to newer viewers as to which champions players are on. Instead of like needing to match names and waiting until it reaches their name to see who they are, there's already too much happening. So the LCS needs uh, newer viewers, so making the broadcast easier to follow for them would be huge, and this could help nudge the viewing experience in the right direction. Does he, so, uh, I see... last... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, what was that? Uh, sorry, continue. Okay. You were going to say something. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, lastly, uh, we'd be able to see the reactions of the players in real time. Like last week, uh, Immortals and EJ came out of the Corona Break pause, and Revenge had that 1v2 solo kill, but the player cams were on the bot laners at the time. So, like, all we saw was Wild Turtle and Danny having no reaction to the outplay. But at, uh, at the same time, Revenge is like popping off in his player cam, but we just didn't see it, so it didn't feel as hype as it could have been. Like, if you think back to past seasons, we used to actually have player cams following the action. So, like, when I Will Dominate had that E Flash prediction on Gragas. He was like popping off in his player cam and stuff like that. It was back in 2015. And another example is like when Dyrus solo killed Ackerman and we saw him yelling in his cam. Like those are super Ackerman. memorable. Yeah, yeah. So those are super memorable, partially because we could see the reactions in real time. It made those moments better. Like I feel like Revenge kind of got robbed of his moment, being even more hype because we didn't get to see the player cams in real time on the broadcast. So yeah, I think they should like allow the spectators to control the cams that it's following the action. And I feel like this is why. Uh, the LCS used to feel more personable, and it used to feel like the players had more emotion and were more interesting to watch. So I'd, uh, you know, just like your take on that, because I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to add since it's been in the game previously, and then they took it out in 2018 for some reason. Where like now it's just, you know, they have like 10 seconds on the top lane, then they go to the jungle, then they go to the mid laners, and it's not like following the action. Why aren't they doing this, Mark? You're on the broadcast. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you exactly. Speak on behalf you know, of the entire. You know, it was broadcast. one of my favorite things even though it's kind of inappropriate was when darshan solo killed huni and they pulled the audio clip and we were on the analyst desk breaking it down i think this was 2018 actually and i don't know if i should even say it because it's it's like kind of not pc correct but 
Darshan solo kills him. He goes, who needs my effing B? And we, you know, it came through my head and I go, whoa, on the analyst desk. Cause I was like, holy shit. Like, you know, and it was definitely a little much, but like the overall idea of that was like, oh my God, like, you know, that this player feels great popping off solo killing this guy. Um, and so I kind of agree that like working in more player moments that are not just like sat him, sit him down and get an interview with them, you know, uh, will be a good thing. And so I'm, I'm with you and I will so, be bringing it up because there's actually a play I called um, where I wanted to be able to get the audio from it. I think it was one of like the backdoors or base races that happened at, this, at the end of the day. So I, I agree. The uh, OGN used to go, do they, do they still do it where they'd go full screen on the players after a play is made? Like it would just become, you wouldn't see the map or anything. You just see full. They, they still do that sometimes. I think like if someone gets a Baron steal, you know, you just like, do the replay kind of but without the the game you just show them yeah i think they do i don't know anyways ls uh, the take was more player cam involved in the broadcast do you have any opinions on there needing to be more player cams and from your lck perspective do you have much of an opinion on showing more player cams after big moments uh no <laughs> fair <laughs> yeah. enough it's it's a, I mean, it's a very simple thing fit so i think i mean it, I think it's reasonable. I don't think it requires too much conversation, but I'm glad that you brought it up as a point because I think in traditional sports, obviously you see in big moments the the reaction from the players. There's tons of cameras on that are trying to get these reactions. And so when we're just kind of like playing, you know, press the a slideshow on video, on player cams on the on the screen, I think it's mm-hmm. it's uh, yes. pretty big. So I guess to clarify, I don't mean like reactions like after the play. I mean like during the play. Like if they're showing the top laners. Whoever is on the, the screen. Yes. When you're in the top lane, show yeah. the top uh, cameras. Yeah, yeah. That way it like feels more connected to the actual players. And it's not just like, because right now the player cams like don't really serve a purpose. Because there's, there's only 20% chance that the player that you're watching is even on the screen. So it just doesn't feel as personable. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like a slideshow of them. Yeah. But thanks so much for the call. I think it was a good one. We're running a long time, so we're going to move on to the next one. But anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, just shout out to, you know, Alienware, Game Fuel, Grubhub, and Deodal. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next yep. time. Thanks. Mark is off mm-hmm. to grab the next caller uh, right now. Thank you to Bowen Chung for the six months. I think I got you Darking, but either way, thank you. And Crossbow Burrito, Big Floofy. Thank you all. Epsilon is here, or it's Epsilon. Epsilon, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Melbourne, Florida. From where? Melbourne, Florida. Oh, nice. Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, long-term TSM fan. Uh, just saw the things go on, like the last Hotline League as well, Dom coming on, or Dominic coming on, uh, however he prefers. Um, I think uh, TSM is riding on their fan base more than anything else in terms of not disclosing what's happening, I feel like. And I think uh, previously the org had Parth and all these people, like, I've been following them for 10 years and I had always had a belief that so, even if they are not doing great after the successful run that they had with mm-hmm. Sven, um, you know, double lift and all that, uh, you know, lineup and somehow they wanted to go for worlds and they were trying to dash for the worlds and try to change and got Sven and Mithi from LEC and stuff. But mm-hmm. 
shit didn't work out. So um, they, they were trying their best to do things. And there was still faith from the fan base, I believe, that I think they know what they're doing. But now that Bjerg is gone and Path is gone and all the key players that used to do things are gone, I think now is the best time for them to come out and say something rather than hide behind. And if, if, you, if you press them, like Reggie is on AMA saying that, well, we are profitable with our software business and with solomid.net and stuff, and he just tries to deflect it. So I just think they should come out and say something because I think they're going to lose this fan base and, you know, it's going to be like CLG then. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating, but... No, I think it's fair. I mean, I... I think so I didn't exact. I saw some of the posts that he was making. I didn't see always the context. I assume it was people being frustrated by what they perceived as like a a um, spent a spend. Yeah, gap. not to not to like break you up, but um, yeah. So people are thinking that they did not spend at all this split, right? But they spent five million apparently this split with this split, which would have been equivalent what? to getting dub. Yeah, uh, he said well, they spent this, five million, what? but I think it includes buyouts. Be clear. Yeah. It, it includes, I think you say $5 million on league, which will include things like organization, buyouts, um, you know, bring, I assume, Chawi over and stuff like that, which probably costs some money, you know, so. To be fair, I had yeah. the same reaction you did, LS, because Mark and I were talking about this uh, while he was doing his show <laughs> earlier, or when he was recording Blame Game, and I was like, $5 million? Like, because obviously I know what a $5 million roster looks like, and it's not that one. Uh-huh. Um, so, just to finish off, like uh, they say that they spent five million, right? And they they said that it would be equivalent to bring Walken, Doublelift, Jensen to the team, but they still spent five million. But that's not the five million result that you get, right? One eight right now. And as a fan, I mean, you gotta you gotta give some clarity. I mean, I don't care. It's your money. You can spend the way you want as an org, but um, you're gonna lose fan base. And I've been following TSM since Rainman being the top laner, so. Uh, some clarity would be great, I believe. So, yeah. That's my take on it. I miss Rain Man's Teemo, I will say. Um, okay, so... Yeah. Uh, where did I get on this? It's such a big topic. So I'll, Mark, say, you start I'll start with this. I'll start with this to LS, actually. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the whole, like, TSM meltdown that's going on right now? Are you, you know, if you were a part of that team, would you want like them to have pulled back as much as they did do you, would you have wanted would you have been more vocal about like hey my team like when you're on cloud nine you guys are not like chain losing games you know like what what kind of messaging do you think like an org should be going for when things have gone absolutely upside down um well i mean i so here, here's what i think happened um i or this is my assumption right is that the higher ups did not have the, the higher ups delegated responsibilities to someone else who was in charge of probably creating this whole team or roster or something like that, right? Um, and obviously that went completely awry. Um, and now the higher-ups are the people that people want a reaction or a response from, but the higher-ups probably had delegated the responsibilities. This is just my assumption. Um, what ultimately it comes back to is something that I've talked about before on like podcasts like League Nightmares and other stuff is you have uh, non-experts hiring experts. And this is just a thing that is prevalent in every single team. This is, this is not specific just to TSM. Um, and when th something like this happens, because this is not a TSM unique thing, it's just that TSM is a super popular team and it's happening to TSM. Um, but this has happened to many other teams in LCK, LPL, LEC, etc. Um, I don't know 
what the situation is for TSM because I commented earlier that I believe there are act you could actually make a roster with available current free agents as well as considering who TSM can use for uh, North American residents. You could make an actual roster that just wins NA. Um, you, you could make a roster that actually contends with, you know, Cloud9 and Team Liquid and probably beats them. The problem is, is that it's not possible because to get them into the country, even if you could sign those players who are still free agents sitting around not doing anything, you can't get them into the country in time. So from the current position that TSM's in, we're going into week five now, right? Uh, I, yeah, I think, I think it is so un, unfathomable that they make playoffs or something. From management side, the upper management would have to just come forward and basically say, like, I mean, someone has to get scapegoated. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, that's ultimately uh, what's going to happen. But it, I don't even think it's scapegoating. I think it's just actually holding accountable Yeah, what goes on. Well, I think the challenge is it seems like kind of a comedy of errors based off of, like, Reggie's statements, Lena's statements, etc., because I, I know you mentioned, like, maybe this is non-experts hiring experts. From what I understand, LS, like, uh, Andy and Parth, like, built this team together. One would assume Andy would be an expert, and obviously Parth is. And so I don't, like, I know obviously Dominic's over there now. People can argue if he is or isn't as an expert. He was at Gen G before, but this is, I think, right. one of his first times working with the team stuff. But, like, this, he was not even around for this, right? And so... Uh, the way that the things that Lena has said has kind of positioned it as like, this is not the roster that Parth wanted. So my, my kind of theory, and this is all speculation just based off of public statements. And so take it for what you, what it will is like, Andy was, I, I think Andy's like, we're going to not spend what we did last year. I doubt that they're spending what they did last year. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, we even just with sword art, we, so go build a team. And Parth and uh, Lena were like, well, we want to keep Bjergsen. That didn't happen for reasons that I think is on TSM's end, as much as people want to say, well, he would only play with CoreJJ. I don't personally think that that's how that played out. Then Lena says, okay, what about this Double F Jensen team? Parth and Andy say no. Andy must put some sort of restrictions on Parth in terms of what... Like, oh, you need to build some team like this. So under these specific restrictions, we don't know what those are. And so Parth builds this team that he did not want, or sorry, did not, was not his first choice is maybe the best way of putting it. And then now this team is there. Parth has left the organization. Um, so you can't really like blame him. And perhaps Parth would even say, again, there's all speculation here based off of these public statements, but... Parth can could even say like this wasn't what I wanted. I wanted Bjergsen. I like I was given last minute this. I had to go scout players or whatever. The other thing that's very interesting, and I just want to throw this out there because I've heard people kind of like theorize this before, is that for a long time TSM has been collecting players who speak Mandarin. Blitz has a huge presence in uh, China, to my understanding, and there was even. Uh, there was a rumor that I heard at one point, it was a rumor, this is not a report, there was a rumor that I heard at one point in time that Andy really liked the idea of potentially having TSM uh, be an LPL, which would make sense 
given Blitz's financial or like incent, Blitz's interests in China and his lack of interest in the LCS. Now, obviously, Riot would never allow something like that, but it's 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 an interesting thing where I wonder how much of the uh, out the building of this roster, the dedication to getting Mandarin speakers over the years, all that stuff was motivated by Blitz stuff. Uh, because when you ask Andy about stuff, he talks oftentimes about the viewership, how he doesn't feel good about the financial situation in the LCS, how profitable TSM is based off of Blitz and all this stuff. So it's just like over time, this picture has continued to paint itself in a very interesting way. Um, I know TSM apologists will come in and be like, Travis, you're speculating baselessly. Mark has just left the room now. Uh, but like, it, it's just been interesting as you've seen how all this stuff has gone down, um, how, how, how we've arrived at this point, I guess but is the way just I to, say Just to not drag this topic out for too long, I know there's time limitations, but sure. I mean, uh, hindsight 2020, I know this whatever I'm going to say would be like, oh, they did not know this would happen. But if you just look at the current teams which are playing in the LCS and their squads, how did we, like as TSM, as an org, and like looking from a fan's perspective, how did we end up in this situation if they actually spend that much money, right? And what kind of decision-making went into this? And something like needs to be clarified over here. That's that's all. That's all I would like to see. Like, I mean... Regardless of the speculations on what happened and how did the team building process happen, but we are in this situation right now. So some clarification on why Ablaze Olive was left. If he was part of the academy team, why was he not promoted into the mid lane? Well, let me ask you this. Uh, kind of playing off what you're saying, Epsilon. LS, are you... Because one of the things that Andy had said was that there's a million dollars spent on the buyouts for Shenyi and KI Duo. Are you surprised that TSM what? spent a million dollars on those buyouts for those players? I'll take your I mean, I, your exasperated response as a yes. You are surprised. I mean, Walton was there. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be an asshole. But like, people have heard my comments that like I could play against them. Right? This is not like a like that is that is actually just a reality. That's not good. These are not import level players. Um, LS, do you think you could play against Berserker? And would you pay a million dollars to buy out? Oh, how'd you lane? Did you lane well against him or how'd it go? We, we won bot lane. Th these were the stream scrims last summer. We won bot lane, me and wind. There you go. We won bot lane. I mean, I was on support, but like, well, for there two you go. Months, you... I just laned against pro teams. But that's, that's my point, dude. You can beat everyone. No, but what I mean, what I mean <laughs> is that they're, they're right, right, right. But what, what, what I'm saying is, is like, I think that there's a massive difference in paying buyouts for, like, huge players and also looking at it from, like, the angle of, like, what am I trying to do with the imports? Because laning against, like, Berserker or whatever last summer, um, when he was on, like, T1 uh, Challengers, T1 Academy, whatever the hell it is, um, it is also totally different different situation because we're, we're viewing it like just in a vacuum but i'm also talking about like from watching them in korean solo queue because that was what a lot of people were also watching i think when you combine everything it doesn't make any sense which is what i even said when i first heard the news and i think there's even like you know clip channels that commented that i uh i think we we obviously have to move on uh but epsilon like to to get back to your main point which is 
TSM needs to say something. Uh, I agree. I think... I don't think that that something needs to be like a breakdown of like why they're not playing Shenyi because I think some fans are like, you need to tell me exactly why it is you decided not to play him because we don't know the specific reasons. You can argue maybe it should be, you know, Mark's blame game would tell you that they should tell the media and the media should go out and be like, this is why they're not playing Shenyi. But I do think that setting aside the Shenyi stuff, what they should do is just be like, hello, we are now one and eight. You know, it could be like a, a medium post or whatever. Here yeah, is wait, 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 I'm what wrong. this means. It wasn't for us. Berserker on T1 Academy. Never mind. It wasn't Berserker on T1 Academy. Sorry. You're good. You're good. I just, I just confirmed. I just confirmed. I just confirmed. Uh, so actually, the... no, I have not leaned against Berserker. There we go. I just but corrected. But the point stands. You could take him. You could take him. <laughs> the. Uh... <laughs> But a letter or a video being like, hello, we know we're one and eight. This is what's up. Like, I think Dominic even did this with the Valorant stuff. And a lot of people were pointing out to um, pointing out the comparisons there where Dominic was able to come in and be like, this is what's happening with Valorant or whatever. And I don't know why he can't do that with LCS. Um, uh, but I don't necessarily blame him because I'm, I'm guessing if, he, if he's willing to do it in Valorant, I can't imagine there's a reason why he would decide personally not to do it in League. Um, <laughs> But maybe those games are handled differently with them. Um, I forget if you guys mentioned it, but do you see the thing about like Shenyi is probably finishing out Academy and then going back to China for 45 days for something? Yeah, I like mentioned that to you grandma, on the stream today. Uh, What's that? Your... Yeah, I well, told... I, I don't know if yeah. you... I thought you did you see that, it, but... LS, that, that Shenyi is almost certainly not playing LCS because now he's, he's, he's going... He, apparently after the yeah, Academy thing's home. done... He's going home. But then... After Academy. He's going home after Academy, but Academy only has... This to, weekend and next yeah. weekend left. And they're not going to make playoffs, so there's no like playoffs that he's going to play after regular Right, seasons. right, right. So, but also, I don't know, what is uh, quarantine in China like? Isn't quarantine in China still two, two weeks? I don't know. But so, I mean, the, the post had said, there were people that were, were watching his stream. Again, this is like third-party information, so... Right, I, you know, hopefully TSM explains this at some point in time and explains what this is, because people looked up on the stream, that he'd be gone for 45 days. Like he was going to be in China for forty five days. Yeah, it's four. It's fourteen days still. Fourteen days. So, yep. um, it's hard to imagine a world where Shen Yi yep. is playing LCS again anytime soon. Yep, fourteen days. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, I th I think Shen Yi is probably never coming back. Maybe the next episode of TSM Legends will explain that. So, I guess that would be it. But I'm not keeping my hopes up high because they're not doing the same thing that they were doing before so yeah we'll see all i'm it gonna say is tsm for summer should i mean i this is just my opinion there are free agents available like very very clear ones they should nuke the roster there exists enough na residents obviously speaker doesn't go anywhere but if you actually want to do something for summer then you do something for summer you, you, th is Spica the only player that you think is safe for summer? If they, if they went in this direction, if they decide to rebuild, yeah, I think I think Spica is the only one that's safe. Okay, I th uh, think he's the only one that's safe. Uh, yep. so I will say there are three dual citizen Korean players that I know about that are challenger like Korean players. So this is like same thing as like Winsome situation. There's three of them. Um, I'm not sure if tactical safe. But I do know that there are three winsome s Korean eighty uh, uh -oh. uh, Korean eighty carries. 
Thank you, Epsilon. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? DMLS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, shout out to you. I've uh, been following you for 10 years as well from the beginning, really beginning of, of time in esports, I guess. So you have been great. So shout out to you and LS as well for all your streams and your uh, Metapic recommendations and TLS breakdown. So that was great. So yeah, and also what you, whatever you guys do is amazing. So first time caller, but really amazing to watch you guys do what you do. Absalon, thank, thank you for the call. Uh, why don't you add me on, send me an invite on Discord and I'll hook you up with a Grubhub gift card because I thought your call was great. Aww. Oh, thank you. Yep. So nice, Travis. Yep. Yeah. Courtesy thank you, of Grubhub. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Epsilon. Thank we'll catch you later. Yep. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, J&T is our last caller. Mark's going to go grab him. Right, a very recognizable <laughs> name. Uh, thanks to Fid, Golius, hum, Humma, Cherry Lace, and Screg for the subs. So, unfortunately, we kind of talked about 100 Thieves already, but I think we can do it again quickly. JMT, <clears throat> what, where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. You're going to go to finals? Um, I don't know if I'll be here when the finals are actually happening. So. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully you can make it. If not, not, hopefully you can see it. Uh, it's like a two and a half hour drive. What do you want to talk about on the show? Well, um, my take was that 100 Thieves struggles are a byproduct of the rest of the LCS leveling up rather than the team having internal problems. And I think it's mainly because, you know, I think a lot of the talent that was brought into the LCS this year, um, predominantly the big name signings, I'm talking about the players like your Summits, your Whippos, your Inspireds, your Rivers, like these are obviously great players who've been brought into the league and are now making the league stronger because of it. And also, you know, a lot of the players who are brought in who weren't necessarily going to come in as top players are actually playing a lot better than expected. You know, kind of like Blue, Takui, uh, Pride Stalker. Um, and, you know, you have a lot of other LCS players who you could consider veterans at this point who are, I think, playing a lot better than they were previously. You know, Kumo, Revenged. Um, so I just think, you know, the rest of the league is getting a lot better. And one of the reasons why 100 Thieves was such a dominant team in their, in their split where they won uh, was because they had some of the best individual players in their roles. They had, you know, FBI who he were regarded as the best bot lane. Uh, Closer was one of the best junglers in the league, and Abadagi was one of the best mids. So, so uh, you think that in a year where we had perks and sword art and Alfari that we don't have anymore, that the league was actually weaker than it is now when we've got Blue, Takui, uh, Pride Stalker? Well, you, you could make the, the exact argument that, you know, Summit, Sama, inspired. Yeah. R Wait, relative to expectations, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perks and Sword Art didn't play as well. I'm just as being a brat. Um, okay. I know. Um, so, 100T stayed the same. The rest of the teams leveled up. Uh, they did add a six man to their roster, but I haven't seen him anytime recently, so that's a little weird. Uh, and <laughs> LS, what have you thought about 100T, and do you think that they're a victim of just falling behind uh, an ever-improving list of other, other teams? Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think other teams have definitely leveled up and I don't think that there's ever been anything indicative of a hundred thieves ability to necessarily improve. Um, I think Abadage like arrived 
I think if you look at like summer where they were also having a lot of success, you look at a lot of the champions that were in the meta and a lot of it was just very smork. Um, a lot, a lot of champions were just very smork like, um, very early mid game centric stuff. And hundred thieves are just going to have fun in that environment because historically, and even now they're still also really bad at mid and late game. Um, but I think from watching them, there's never been anything to indicate there would ever be um, weaknesses getting shored up or, you know, adaptations to draft or anything like that. They're, they're just going to do the same thing over and over time and time and time again. And because other teams got a lot better, uh, they're going to they're just going to struggle. Um, I mean, th this is also the same hundred thieves that went to the Korean boot camp. And I think a lot of people thought that they should actually have been the strongest possible thing in lock-in. Um, and then we saw what happened. And that was also just very confusing. Minotaurs um, happened. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I would imagine that uh, if, if the players don't start individually playing better on 100 Thieves, then they're probably going to end up fourth. I think EG is uh, favored. I was about term. to pick your brain about, let's say, <clears throat> spring playoffs. Who are you? I mean, I'm building a top five based off of what LS said. He had Golden Guardians fifth uh, in a good situation. Oh. You had 100 Thieves fourth. EG third. Cloud9 are so stacked, you could, you could have removed the entire coaching staff before spring even started, and I think Cloud9 would still end up in finals. I think the players are just so stacked that it's not... You know, I think that they have a really big mountain to climb, so I think it's Cloud9 TL finals, unless they're same side of the bracket. Um, but there's there's losers bracket anyways. I, I was an idiot. So, so Ellis, it sounds oh. like you're saying that um, just as like a bystander analyst co-streamer that you feel as though like the all the C9 coaching staff was just irrelevant at the first part of this this year, and uh, it was all the players that were that was doing everything. I'm just, um, I'm just teasing. No, what, what I mean is. Oh okay. Oh yeah, I just mean the I'm, players I'm are teasing, so good. <laughs> suggesting yeah. okay, okay. Sorry. that the the CDI coaching uh, because you said these players could just do this all on their own. Um, the so so uh, anyway, so it sounds like we've got what Mark you were gonna say you were gonna finish it. What C nine TL EG Hunter T Golden Guardians? I feel like that's a, a pretty solid top five. I think FlyQuest dropping was everyone was waiting for it. You were already a ding tossed doubter, Travis. Um, like the the one that might sneak in there over Golden Guardians would would probably be Immortals, you know. Like I could, I could see them maybe continuing to climb up if they like, or if uh, Poe just keeps playing Ori. He played Ori like all three games, and they they like almost won all three. <laughs> He's going to turn into an Ori on a one trick to get them into playoffs, I think. Um, so I I can see a world where they like they make it, um, but I think Fly and Dig drop out. So I don't know. Feels like a, a pretty solid top five. Back back to JNT's point, Mark. Do you agree that what did hundred was hundred T just smarking their way to victory, and now the the other teams have well, have leveled up and the metas changed? They can't smork their way around anymore. Let's go use that as much as possible now that LS. That, that was that was LS who said it. To be fair, <laughs> yes, not, not not JNT's smorking. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I would say they're kind of smorkers. They, they, care, they, like, they also, care about lane uh, phase a lot, and then they would use their lane leads to like win team fights. Is that the the smork version of pro league? Probably, win lane, win game, team fight, no macro. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, yeah, then there's smorkers. I was gonna say, if, it's, yeah. if that's your definition of smorking, then I'm I'm bought in. There's smorkers. Yep. <laughs> or or they require opponents to like blunder into them. You know what I mean? Like in standoffs, yeah. that was a very common thing for hundred thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I'm bought in on that. I think there's a world where they can be better than that, but uh, it just feels hard to do because I think, like JNT said, the league does feel harder overall. Mm-hmm. This, and if it's harder overall, then that potentially means that our league is better than it was last year. Uh, which means we're gonna win worlds. Okay, thanks so much, JNT, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Uh, quick shout out to the CFP. That's about it. Thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you later. All right, that is the show, everybody. Uh, nobody leave because I'm going to be doing stuff on stream afterwards. But so nobody, nobody fucking close that browser. All right, Mark, what do you want to shout out? What do you got? I want to shout out. Put? Um, I want to shout out Miyazaki from FromSoft. This motherfucker. If you don't know his story, he is the greatest game designer who has ever to walk this earth. He didn't even want to be a game designer. He was like some random guy. I forget what he was doing, but at some point he had like a, a quarter life crisis. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to go into game design. He comes up with Demon Souls because they couldn't fucking make this game work. They gave it to him. They're like, do whatever you want with it, dude. We don't even care anymore. He comes out with Demon Souls. Dark Souls revolutionizes the gaming industry. This guy made a new version of online multiplayer where people can kind of phase in and phase out of each other's worlds based off an experience that he had in Japan when he was caught in a snowstorm and he needed someone's car behind his car to like help nudge it up a hill. But then once he got over the top of the hill, he couldn't turn back and say thank you. You know, and so he designed an entire multiplayer system based off that ex- uh, experience of transient assistance is what he calls it. All right. Someone can take a real life experience like that and distill it into game mechanics. He's a fucking genius. This guy is unmatched. He's, he's unbelievable. Mark is uh, waiting for his existential crisis so that he can leave esports and become a prolific, I don't know, something else. Um, I'm going to shout out. The blame game this week, which is about Team Liquid's upset loss to Golden Guardians and also about Spica, because a lot of fans have uh, been giving him issues. And there was even a moment where Spica charged through the ward that was placed in front of him in brush camps in a slightly dangerous spot before backing off. Stop We're going to be talking about that script. We're going to be talking about that specifically. Uh, so be sure to check out the blame game this week. I'm too lazy to do this, Mark, so I will now reveal that this is a thing that I consider doing if I was not too lazy. For April Fool's Week, I had this idea where I just take your script and read the entire script and then give Juan, our editor, my video instead. And just the whole episode is exactly the episode it would be. And you just suddenly click the video and you're like, what the fuck happened? And it's just me delivering line by line. Yes, yes. Line by line. I would take your, maybe I'd have Juan take my face and stick it on your face on the thumbnail. I'm very sad I didn't do this, but I, uh, I really well, April's, should. April's still coming up. Yes. Well, now you know that I'm going to do it, so it ruins the fools. Uh, LS, yes. what do you got? What do you want to shout out? Uh, I'm going to go see Batman tomorrow with Joseph Patrick Marsh based. Wow. That's uh, shout out to that. Cheers. Nice. Robert let you know Patterson. how it is. He, I think <laughs> he, tweeted a, he tweeted a Batman meme recently, right? The LS Batman meme. Joe, Joe Martin, sure. yes. That's what I was referencing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was trying to be subtle about it. Uh, 
I can never tell if you're being subtle or you're just being a boomer. It's it's, yes. it's hard to tell. That's that's the that's the area of humor humor that I live in. It's also great too because then people never know if I'm being a boomer. Maybe I'm just being intentionally funny. Uh, it's very big brain. Okay. Uh, cool. Thank you, LS, for coming on. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Um, mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing uh, what's next for you. Uh, and for everyone else, thanks for watching. We do these Monday nights at 7 o'clock Pacific on my Twitch channel. You can also check them out on Spotify and other podcast platforms and, of course, the YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you haven't. I've had a ton of great stuff dropping lately. Uh, interviews. Go watch the Bjergsen interview if you haven't because it's amazing because the TSM players are in the background and they crack jokes and it's very fun. Uh, Mark watched it on his stream earlier and then it got leaked and it was a terrible situation for my algorithm. But that's okay. Uh, Stick around because we're going to be doing stuff on stream and we'll catch you next time.